Bench warmers, it's episode 29 of the Far End of the Bench podcast, one away from 30, and we are very happy that you tuned in this week. Got a lot of great things to get to. We talk about the Wentz trade because that happened after our episode came out last week. Some MLB free agency with Fernando Tatis Jr. Is that a great contract? You'll have to listen and find out. Then obviously we have our new segments, What's Brewing, Off the Hinges, What's on Your Screen, and then our regular segments that end the week with our Beats of the Week. Not great Beats of the Week to be... To be quite honest this week, not great beats of the week. We might not win you any money, but we have a good track record, so be sure and trust us and tip your dealer if you win because that's always great. Follow us on social media at FEOTB Pod, Instagram, Twitter. We have a TikTok as well. Now that we haven't been posting as much, we might have to start shaking our ass on TikTok to get some followers there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Far End of the Bench, to get those clips every single week, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Mondays. Got our new highlight videos of ColorCast and the Men's Rec League coming out this week, so there's a lot of great content coming out through there. And then follow the network at Network Unhinged on Twitter, Instagram UnhingedSN, UnhingedSN.com for blogging content, and then UnhingedSN.airtime.pro to listen to us or the network 24-7 live. So now, without further ado, let's get to Nico's center of attention. He wants more outdoor games, so... This outdoor venue is heating up, man. Well, we can't have it heating up. We're going to have more eight-hour intermissions. I can't sit through another eight-hour intermission. That's true. It's poor, poor, poor choice of words. Let's get into this. Ladies and gentlemen, for uh, this week's center of attention, we got to do something a little bit different. It's All-Star Weekend is closing up for the NBA. The Pro Bowl, we know how bad that is. Well, let's upgrade the NHL All-Star game now. We also would have, saw what happened this weekend at Lake Tahoe with the Avalanche playing the Golden Knights. In the Flyers-Bruins game, what a fantastic setting that was. And I'm telling you right now, this needs to be a staple in the All-Star game every year for the NHL. The NHL, if it wasn't for the NFL, would have the worst All-Star game there is. They're still trying to figure out ways to do it because NHL is a sport where you can't just relax when you play. It is constantly back and forth. You have to play your hardest at the whole time or else it doesn't look good in the place. And... Um, the NHL already doing the divisional with, with, with the All-Star game. Obviously, there's no All-Star game this year with COVID and everything. But next year when it comes back, I think they need to have an outdoor setting, still have that pond hockey style because that will bring fans in. Because what we saw on Saturday and Sunday with these games were a beautiful backdrop and a fantastic atmosphere of where these NHL players got back to where they were when they were, child, when they were children, where they played, um, where they played their hearts out on the lake against their friends, and now we can implement that into an All-Star game. That's something that could be done and should be done for the near future for the NHL because the All-Star game is so much fun to watch. Why not do a little added bonus with having an outside? So that's the center of attention this week, brought to you by the Unhinged Network. Let's get into the rest of this episode. Benchwormers, welcome back. We are one episode away from episode 30 now. I called Almost it there. I called it Dirty 30 on Center of Attention. I don't think we're going to go. You only get to use one of those. Uh, but I think let's start off talking about your Center of Attention first, and then we'll kind of get into the rest of what we're going to talk about for this episode. Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant, at FEOTB Pod. Follow us on social media. Subscribe to us on your podcasting platforms. Uh, leave a review because we're going to try and start reading reviews once we get a little bit more of them in. Let's talk about that center of attention because you're right. I mean, all-star games are difficult. 
you you like to say the in in the NBA figured it out a little bit. Um, the yeah. NFL just breaks really big NBA news during the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I uh, mean the the NBA like the one thing that brings people into All Star Weekend of the NBA is a dunk contest, three point contest. I mean those are the highlights of All Star Weekend all the time. And the NBA game, the actual game, didn't get better until last year when they implemented the twenty four rule with the Kobe honoree at the end of the game, where they actually had to play one on one. It was actually a little bit competitive up until then. It, I mean, I love watching basketball All Star games, but when it comes to hockey. It took it took it's taken a long time for them to figure it out because it was originally East versus West, and then more recently they've been doing divisions. So they've had more All Stars, but they had divisions play against one another, which has been interesting, which I don't mind. Yeah, but I, I didn't realize that that's what they started doing. I don't know why they went away from doing this, having the skills competition televised. Uh, yeah, they they've had that for years. Where I mean, it's just been so weird with it. Obviously, there's no no All Star game this year because yeah. Batman's an idiot and he didn't want to do that this year. But, I mean, it's it's one of those things where why not do more outside stuff? If you're able to have cool things like that be an all-star game staple, because, look, the outdoor or the stadium series is a, is a st- staple every single year. Mm. The outdoor series is a staple every year, either on January 1st or January 2nd usually. I mean, if you have that, excuse me, implemented in the all-star game every year, I'm sure the all-stars would absolutely love that. I, I mean, yes, it's a little bit different having outdoor ice, but you can prepare. Batman just didn't prepare for this past weekend on Saturday. They did just fine on Sunday. I mean, the yeah. ice was fine on Sunday, but once they figured it out on Saturday and made moved the game to Saturday night, everything was fine. Yeah, I think, you know, but that brings up, you bring up the NBA and All-Star Weekend. I think doing the outside thing could be cool. And you can do the skills competition outside too. Mm. It's it's similar. That would be similar to MLB. Or, or why not do it on a pond? Like actual. Pond. Yeah. You that, could I do mean, the skills competition on a pond. That would be cool. It's like MLB because you do the home run derby at night and you get to see the stadium kind of lit up before everybody gets there. And that kind of leads into, I think that's the intrigue for the MLB all-star game. MLB all-star game is pretty, pretty damn good. Now. Yeah. Cause you have to compete. Yeah. And, Cause like, it's there's for, no, there's, there's, it's not like you're going to tell a pitcher, go throw 60 miles per hour. No, he's going to throw as hard as he can. It's, it's pretty intense yeah. now. There's been a couple all-star games. I can't, I remember one vividly where I think my dad and I stayed up for 23 innings. It was, yeah. And at one point that all-star game was also like, it meant who had homes home. I think field. it still is who has home field. I'm not sure series. if it does anymore, but I remember it being that specifically. Yeah. It, so. it was, it's the, I, but I think skills t- competition plus adding the venue. Cause that's why everybody used to play really hard in the pro bowl because it was in Hawaii. Hawaii so yeah. you wanted to get there. It was a big deal. Now. I mean, Playing in the divisional all-star games, that's cool. It's kind of like uh, the football tournaments do it too, where you don't play a full game. You kind of basically scrimmage and yeah. then scrimmage the other team. Um, there's a lot of things that they could try. We all we know that Bettman is going to do what the fans want at the very last moment, deprive you of it. He's Bettman and the NCAA are both just holding things away until you can't stand it anymore. Then be like, oh, here, look what I found. And you, you want to say, I've been asking for this for the last five years, but you just take it because just, you just, just want I just hope it. to God Bettman doesn't keep fucking up and that we have NHL and the, and the Olympics next winter because, God, I'd be so pissed if that doesn't happen. I'll be honest with you. If there's not professional players in the Olympics, I don't really I – mean, I I'll, I'll still I, watch. I'm going to watch the Olympics because would, I love the snowboarding skiing aspect. No, I, no but, but like I mean the just hockey, the hockey. That's no. – the hockey, the intrigue is watching the international players that might play on your team, McKinnon, 
Landis yeah, Cobb. You have to root against them. It's yeah, kind of fun. It's, and, you're, and you get to root for the guys you, get to, that you don't get to root for. Yeah, that, exactly. Like, as an American, I would never root for Austin Matthews. But if he's on the Olympics and yeah. playing for Team USA, I'll get him Austin Matthews USA hockey jersey. Uh, did you see what he said about the Triple Deke? Because they were, they were having GQ has the athletes come in and rank movies based on their certain thing. Triple Deke is not that impressive. It's basically just sliding the puck back and it forth. It really three times. isn't, but it's just iconic because of the because of the movie. That's it's all. it's iconic because of Gord Bobby. That's true. Um, uh, we'll we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how they try and fix this because they are going to have to try and fix. They have a lot that they're trying to fix. TV deal is a big one. That that is also ridiculous. That I mean, they got to figure that out. They're going to have to figure out something with the salary cap. It just came out recently that the NFL is projected to stay at least the same, maybe even increase a little bit, which. Everybody was talking about this is going to be the year that the salary cap finally goes down. No, NFL is still making money hand over fist. It's going to go up. I see the same thing happening with the NBA because it's the NFL is on a grander scale, but the NBA is still keeping up a little bit. The NHL, they are going to lose a lot of money this year, and they're not finding ways to try and make up that money. And other, I mean, they sponsored the divisions. That was one thing. There's a little the bit that they're trying the to do. The yeah, there's a little bit that they're trying to do, but it's not. It's really not a lot. No, they're, it's going to be similar to the situation we saw on Saturday where the ice is melting and then you're like, oh, shit, um, uh, we, we have to meet about this and let's figure out a way to. Like, it, was, it was the perfect weather out. Like, yeah. like, like that's exactly what you wanted. You it have- was it was cold. It was 32 degrees, so it's not like it was melting because the temperature outside was so. It's you're. I think they're around 7,000 feet elevation or somewhere yeah, like that so in Lake it's just, Tahoe. It's, it's it just melts. It's just Lake Tahoe, not Lake Tahoe. Lake yeah, Tahoe, Tahoe is a yeah. different, different place. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and uh, let's start getting into the recap of the sports because there was there's a ton of sports yeah, to talk we'll, about. We'll dive into the actual yeah. game. Of yeah, we'll talk about the games because yeah. I actually recorded it and watched it back so that I can be very prepared for this because I know I'm going to be talking about it almost the entire episode on Two for Chirping. Uh, but let's start. We'll get the uh, NFL free agency and that and MLB free agency out of the way first because we have tons tons to get to in the NHL and the NBA. Uh, we didn't get to we recorded before this trade actually happened. Indianapolis and Philly traded Wentz for a second or third rounder, conditional second rounder for next year, and then which the second rounder can turn into the first mm-hmm. if he plays. 75 percent or makes the playoffs yeah. with indianapolis so there's just a good shot there yeah that it'll be that that's what makes the uh that's what makes the deal a little bit more interesting because of the incentives normally you're trading a guy like that everybody knows Wentz had one of the worst years of a quarterback anybody he he should have got benched probably four weeks sooner than he did it was not good and this coming from a guy who was an MVP candidate up until week yeah, 11, I mean, two the, years ago. The, the Eagles team that won the Super Bowl, he was the MVP candidate before he got hurt. They don't make it to the Super Bowl if he's not playing a majority of the season. They don't make the season. playoffs, yeah. that, yeah. So it's not like he's that far away from winning. I see this as two out of three parties are winners. I think Philadelphia, I don't really see them winning out of this, other than getting Carson Wentz, who is going to be a cancer in the locker room out of the city. I see Indianapolis winning because yes, you're committing a lot of money to him this year, but if he does, he comes in and he's not the quarterback that you think he's going to be. If Frank Reich's not able to resurrect his career like everybody is assuming he's going to be able to do, you can cut him next year and you're not taking a whole bunch of money. This, if you cut him this year, it's like a twenty-six million dollar cap hit. It's it's just dead money well, against yeah, the cap. Well, the Eagles are paying most of his salary as it is. Yeah, they they are playing. They, that's what I was listening to. Um, 
the local sports station, their morning show, because they were talking about possibly envying the Colts. Because a lot of people were still thinking Carson Wentz was going to be a first, worth a first-round pick. That's why a lot of people, I think, stayed away from him. But it's it's conditional. It's it's an interesting situation because they were asking price what what ended up being the actual price for him on the market. A lot of a lot more teams should have been interested. The Broncos have been rumored to not be interested at all. Thank God. I think the Bears probably weren't Bears nearly as interested. They should have. They could have, but they're not really. They weren't really into the the sweepstakes at all. And I see this as a win for Carson Wentz because he gets to start over with the coach that he had the best, most success under. Because that 2017 season, Frank Reich was the quarterback coach. So there's good in this. I just see it being difficult for Philadelphia. Well, I mean, Philadelphia, this this is the Jalen Hurts show now. I mean, I hope to God they don't draft a quarterback because, honestly, there's a good shot they probably do. I, I hope they don't because I, I think Jalen Hurts had a great end of the year last year. He deserves a shot at being the head coach – or, excuse me, the quarterback there. But, I mean, this Eagles team, you're in rebuild now mode. That second and third round pick, if it doesn't turn out to be a first, that's that's more help. That's exactly right. how you get it. You, you get a two-for-one players. You, Jalen Hurst now is your solidified number one QB. Then you, gotta, then you got to hope that they actually hit on some of these draft picks because, you know, they were sitting in a spot where they could have drafted Justin Jefferson or Mims from – Or Chase Claypool. Or Chase Claypool, and they drafted Jalen Rager, who wasn't – Jalen Rager is John Ross, just not as fast. Yeah, that's exactly the, what he was. Yeah, the Eagles are. I mean, like the Colts are the greatest situation they can be. Like you said, you're not paying a salary. You if if he sucks, he sucks. Then you just move on to the next season or whatever. You already and have if, a playoff team. If he sucks, you're gonna get a good draft pick exactly. and draft a quarterback. And you're gonna be able to have a chance also to still be in the playoff picture. It's not like Philip Rivers was his great quarterback last year. No. He struggled at times. And if Carson Wentz can play anywhere to where Phillip Rivers did last year, then this team's still a playoff team. Oh, Wentz this is, team is still a playoff team. Wentz is twice as talented as Phillip Rivers. Yeah, and if and he's if Frank Reich is able to do what everybody thinks he's going to do and wants him to do, he's going to be uh, – that, that offense becomes very dangerous. But the, only, the only thing that's just a head-scratcher for me is Wentz was arguing that he didn't have help in Philly. Honestly, the Colts don't have a ton. T.Y. Hilton has had a few bad years. The only thing they have about around him is a good running back core. And an offensive line. And an offensive line. An offensive but line that is not going to have him get the shit kicked that, out of him for 16 true. weeks. That is true. The offensive line will help him stay upright. But you got to have some receivers. Pittman didn't get a whole lot of PT last year. Hopefully he's able to stick up to that number huh, because he's not giving up to, to Wentz. But hopefully he's able. he comes into his form. But they're going to need to get more help outside of T.Y. Hilton. I think that's exactly what they're going to do in the first round, especially now. You, you were They were either going to try and move somewhere to get a quarterback because they needed a quarterback with Brissett leaving in free agency and just having uh, Jacob Eason on the roster. It's not going to get it done. Mm-hmm. So they needed a guy that can be the bridge for this year, and then they can build some talent around him offensively. It's similar to what the Broncos did a couple years ago where they draft, when they did draft Noah Fant in the first round. They brought in a guy that could be like a placeholder and, and that's kind of what they did. I see this as a placeholder move, and then if it works out, then you're just rebuilding that offense yep. other places. That's what is going to happen. You, you're, like you said, you're loaded at the running back position. You're loaded up front. Worst case scenario is Wentz is handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. You're loaded on defense. Max. Yeah, and your defense is fine. So the worst case scenario, you rely on your run game to win you games, and Carson yeah. Wentz won't have to do everything like they were expecting him to do in Philly. All you need to do is exa- exist in those three seconds between the snap and you handing Jonathan Taylor the Just ball. Just make sure they That's get it. in the ball. That's all. That's all. 
Put it in the breadbasket. Uh, MLB free agency. We have another Bobby Bonilla deal because Bobby Bonilla will still be getting paid longer than Fernando Tatis Jr. Yep. Uh, but the Padres rolled out a giant check, which it seems giant in it's the grand really scheme of things. It's really not a giant check. You look at it broken down. It's terrible. It's, no, it's, it's not, not It's not good. He's going to be, this solidified, he's going to be a New York Yankee at some point down <laughs> the line because the Padres have three guys that are $300 million players. Machado, I don't know the other guys, maybe. Uh, is it Snell? Maybe? It might be Snell. Snell. And then now Fernando Tatis is over the $300 million mark, but they're going to run out of money for at least one of them, possibly two. And you know that the Yankees and Dodgers are going to soak up. And the, the Padres, Padres are a team that they won't trade in division. That's just not something that they do. So he's not going to the Dodgers. Tatis is going to be finishing well, out I mean, this contract in New Adrian York. Gonzalez. Adrian Gonzalez was so far past yeah, his that's prime. True, that's true. They're going to. Well, it could be Tatis in year eight or nine. <laughs> well, I don't think it's going to be year eight or nine. I think it's going to be, he's for sure going to be in San Diego for at least another four years. May, I, I'm, I'll give them three and a half, maybe four. At that point, I think that the Padres are going to have no money left to pay anybody, and they're going to need to move him, and a team that can absorb a contract like that are the Yankees and the Dodgers. That's who – I just think – It's just it's just ridiculous that he's getting paid, I think it's around $24 million a year. And that salary cap, just, just for reference, but he is getting paid less than Buddy Heald on the Kings, who is a role player. Mm-hmm. On a terrible team in basketball. Fernando Tatis is one of the most exciting players in baseball. Yeah. And yes, okay, don't get me wrong. He probably came up with the worst coming ups. He did not have a great probably life before baseball, before he made it big. So there's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But this kid should be being paid at least $50 million a year. He should have half of that. He should have waited. He shouldn't have signed like, the, the contract. He should have been like, you know what? I don't want 10 years. Give me six years, $314 million, and I still have more money, and it's still pay off. You still give me for my whole prime, mm-hmm. and it works out for both teams. Yeah. Because by year 10, who, like, like I, I can't, I'm trying to think. The last time I remember a full 10-year contract was Ilya Kovalchuk with the Devils way back when. And he, he played two years and then went back to Russia. Well, and, and then he came back and it wasn't even part of the Devils, and the Devils were still paying him. Like, it, it, like, I don't, like, obviously, Tatis is worth all that money, but he could have been paid more and could have worked out better for both sides. Because now both, the, both Tatis and the Padres are stuck. Because six years from now, if the Padres don't have a ring, which is very likely, because I, you should play yeah, the same. I, don't, as the I don't think that this really gives them the the oomph to get a ring. Either. Like like if if they're like maybe this is a deal to try to clear up salary cap for those other players, which I don't really understand. I think they just used their entire salary. cap. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's just weird. Like I said, they're still the second best team in this division, just because yeah. the Dodgers. I mean, it's it's one of those things where if Tatis can get you over the hump of Dodgers, it's worth it. But that's if he can do that. Yeah, and I really think that everybody who's trying to go after the Dodgers needs to bolster their pitching because we know that the Dodgers. I mean, are the, the, the Padres pitch. did that though. Padres did, did do that with yeah. Darvish, Snell. Uh, I think they add one more pitcher. I can't. Even, but they they had like ten different signings this offseason. They so it's not like they're they're, they're gearing up. For they it. over overperformed to me last year, and I didn't think that Machado was going to have that big of an effect, and he proved me wrong. So I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't like the guaranteed contracts, especially for <laughs> the only guy that deserved the 13 million or the 13 year 400 million dollar contract was Mike Trout. Yes. He's the yes. only guy that you should be paying that long that much money for that long. Like we said Bobby Bonilla is still going to be getting paid a year after Fernando Tatis Jr.'s deal is up. That's ridiculous. I I feel so bad for you Mets fans because you're the little brother in New York anyways 
It's like being a Jets fan. You never you won you won one like a little bit a while ago. You won when when this generation wasn't born yet. And and now you're just you're you're putting yourself in the hole because you know that the Yankees the Yankees could have a Bobby Bonilla deal, but it doesn't affect anything. Bobby Bonilla is still a major hit against the salary cap, yeah. which is ridiculous because the guy retired like 15 years ago. Yeah. It's it's stupid. Uh, let's get into the Winter Classic. Not. Outdoor games. This is it was called NHL Outdoor Games this year at Lake Tahoe, and let's talk about the Avalanche game because it was strange. It was the longest intermission and and uh, of in between periods. Yeah, eight, eight hours and twenty three minutes in between the periods. And there was nine hours in between yep. each goal. Nine first hours exactly yep. in between the first and second goal. Uh, but let's talk. Let's break it in into parts. So let's talk about first period first because this was a very telling sign to me. It was. I was interested to see how they were going to come out in the third game against the Knights in a row. Obviously, they're playing as we're recording, not doing well, not going well. We're not going to talk it's about a this one. Of series it's four, yeah. Relax. yeah. They won three at, or two. They're going to split two split. and two, which and is fine because the, the Knights, Knights are good. Too. Yeah, the Knights are good, but they came out swinging. They yeah. came out hot. Gerard got that nice goal to start off with, and that's, beautiful pass from Mac too. Yeah, across the way, and then Gerard just put that top shelf. It was gorgeous. It's it's interesting. Oh, because sorry, it wasn't top shelf. It was a hole right down the middle. It was it, he bounced it underneath his legs. He bounced five holes, and it was it was for well, Gerard to the ice for being that bad because that helped a little bit. Yeah, Gerard's first go- first game back, he scores a goal in the first period, which I had to I had to eat a lot of crow about the way he played this weekend because he actually played defense pretty well too. But he's a dynamic guy to have out on the ice just because he's so quick at the defense defenseman position. He's basically a center in the back half. Yeah, we are seeing what this team can be at full strength. We're not there yet even. EJ's not back EJ yet. Wasn't. If um, EJ was there, that game is not close. Yeah, like like we're we're almost there. We yeah. are like we're seeing the spurts. We're seeing all these great signs that we're we're just getting teased. We're getting teased of what how good this team can be. I, like Byram is not playing great, but no. we are seeing the spurts of how good he can be. Oh, he's because he is making small rookie mistakes right now. Yes. When he has full potential, my word, are we are is other teams in trouble? Are we about to have back to back Calder Cup winners? I, I we're not. He's, yeah, he's, I don't know about not, that. Yeah, he's not Byram on that has level. To do a lot more yeah. for that but to happen. He's uh, well, well. Let's keep going with with just the first period. So the defense, the Knights only had. I think three maybe shots on goal the entire first period, which is great. The defense was being really active, and they they were in the Vegas zone most of the time. And an interesting thing that the announcers brought up, when you play outdoors, there's a weird depth perception thing. So don't actually aim the puck. Just put it towards the net, and somebody will deflect it in, and the goalie's not going to be able to see, which did end up kind of being the case. Everybody who yeah, just put something the towards the net. Yeah. Well. But just, the first period, especially when it was so light out and the backdrop was the water and was the, um, was the mountains. Like it made a little bit of difference. Yeah. And, and that's, I'm glad that they ended up not playing with the sun because they mentioned it. Grubauer would have had the sun twice, which he looked kind of. I mean, those shades he, was funny. He was stunned in those. He was stunned in those shades. Uh, not quite as good as pasta. Because, no, 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 better because it was under goalie mask. I, don't I know. thought that was pretty. Sick. Pasta had the pink pit vipers though. That's true. That's true. And and, and he's pasta. Yeah. Is the he's the best sniper in the game right and now? And one of the best nicknames in the game. Yeah, and he was in a Dunkin' Donuts commercial during the bubble. That's so true. Yeah, I mean, he's not a good actor. But yeah. uh, so second period. Like we said, eight hours and twenty three minutes in between. It was the gonna two. take time for both teams to get settled in. Like it wasn't 
a situ- it wasn't a situation where the Avs, I believe, were ha- had like a nine second power play to start the second period. They and were down. Oh yeah, no, they yeah, had they, the nine second, second power, power play, play yeah. and, and then we got down five on three at one point, which is a great power play kill. Oh Ryan, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Graves, Graves had was, two huge blocks. I'm going to talk about that later. I mean, on the, the, Avs, episode. the Avs penalty kill thus far this year, one of the best in the NHL. Yeah, it's been rolling thus far, and hopefully it keeps going because that's that's a big kudos not only to the back end but Grubauer well as yeah. well. Grubauer has been solid night in night out. The one thing that's going to be the backbone is the second goalie. We all know when it comes to playoffs, Grubauer is going to be in the net every single night. That's just the way it goes. But one of the things that's hurt us in years past is that we made him play all these games because we didn't have a solidified backup yeah. to make to make those back-to-back nights so much easier. And we got to have Grubauer for the long haul because when he is rolling, he is very, very tough to, tough to beat. But now you got to have a little bit of help. It's like a closer in baseball. You don't want to throw your closer out there every single night if you're winning every single game. you got to have somebody to give your closer a little bit of relief off his arm. Well, you got to give Grubauer a night off here and there to help um, get, him, get him some rest so he can play the whole season and then extend to the playoffs. Grubauer was on his heels and out playing outstanding night in night out. I'm very close to getting a Grubauer Nordique jersey. There, that I mean, we'll, we'll, we can discuss about it a little bit later. But that, that's that's because I because I'm so high up on Grubauer because I think it's he just slept on. He was a great he was a great he was a big piece of that Capitals team that won the cup. He he not needs too, not too long ago. he needs somebody behind him like he was in the Capitals Cup when he, when he was behind Holby. Yeah, exactly. He he, he was that, that guy. He, yeah, he was that guy for them. And now he has that role. You've got to have that second guy. Will that be? Franco getting back healthy, or or Miska getting into form. I think we, we need, have another one. We might need to know. do a free agency thing for goaltending. I and I and I'm, it can't be. A, like I don't want it to be a huge swing. Like no. I don't want it to be. A, we don't need another starter. We need another solid guy behind him. Franco was that last year, but we got to have both them healthy. Yeah, it would be so much nicer to have a Laner Andre Fleury situation than a. Grubauer, Miska, or oh. Francis situation. Yeah. I would I would much rather have that the the prior than the latter. So the former than the latter, if I can get my <laughs> idioms correct. Uh, in the third period, I think what we saw honestly, my biggest thing, biggest takeaway from this was that we were very physical at the blue line. Yes, and we were. That's always that's been, without even EJ. Without even EJ. yeah, and that's always been my thing is that the Avalanche were good winning Stanley Cups because they had Ray Bork. They had Adam Foote. They had guys, and Peter Forsberg was a bag of knuckles on on the on the front end. But they had guys at the blue line where, if you wanted to get back to the psycho in between the pipes, that was Patrick Waugh. Yeah, you're gonna to have to go through two dogs. guys that'll bite your head off too. Yeah, you have to get through some dogs. It's they they are starting to get to that point. I really like Taves. Taves started off Most slow with him. Most underrated pickup of the season, of the offseason. And he he's got a he's got a cannon of a shot. Him oh, and Makar have two of the most. Dynamic shots and I'll it's throw a wrist d- shot too. Just a yeah. flick of the wrist that it's just rockets there phew. from blue line all the way to the net. That is just gorgeous. Yeah, I think they they did score a top of the circle goal. Uh, one of them got past Flurry. It's just it, it was a good situation to see all around on Saturday night, especially given the adversity, because that was that was my other concern is that they have all the hype. And then when they get hit with this little bit of adversity, I want to see them come back because this is the first year that they're really being talked about in the national media. I mean, I listen to the NHL's hockey podcast every week, and they are mentioned every single week as a cup contender. That's in my lifetime. I wasn't around for when they were that way in the early in the late '90s, early 2000s. This is the first time where I can remember people going, "Yeah, the Avalanche are cup contenders." And I mean, it's just it's not even like we're. 
good this year. It's win now mode. Obviously, it is win now mode for us because we're, we have. I want to. I want to get as many out yeah, of this championship. We, we have run such as high expectations, but all these dudes are under thirty years old. It's not like we have a bunch of thirty-five-year-old guys who are trying to get a cup at the end of their career. Pittsburgh. All these young guys are just rolling and <coughs> hungry. Yeah, Pittsburgh and San Jose at one point. Yeah. I mean, all these guys are young and hungry, and they're just hitting their peaks. McKinnon, we are seeing one of McKinnon's best years of his career. Cam Carr, we haven't seen his full potential. But Miko Rantanen has just getting to form, too. Landeskog has been around the longest, and he is doing everything he can do. He's not expected to score goals, no. but he's doing what he can. Kadri has gotten to his role. Bellamar. I mean, all Don these. Don Bellamar, Berkey. Burkowski is a former Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. Uh, they're top to bottom. They have probably the most depth, especially, I mean, yes, we talk about them being healthy, but even when they're not, they're really, we mentioned it against McKinnon when McKinnon went down against the wild, they scored 30 seconds after McKinnon went down. It's not like when McKinnon's not out there, they're not going to be able to score. It's, it's just a shark tooth mentality. Next man up. It's, I mean, th- look, Joe Sackey, I'll keep saying he's an absolute genius. This roster was built for not, I'm not saying built for the pandemic like that, but like built for injuries or um, like scenarios where not you won't have the full team. Because there's dudes on the Colorado Eagles or dudes that don't get the whole play time necessarily night in, night out that the big stars do that can step in and still get good production from. Oh, they got the they got a great farm system going. They have the best farm system in Colorado. By far the best farm system. Uh, yeah, we don't we don't have to keep mentioning that. One thing I do want. I want that jacket that Bednar was wearing. I know. Bed- I thought I knew you were gonna say that. I don't know how, but I remember watching it. I was like, "Oh my god, Jimmy is gonna buy that off Fanatics." Uh, go go to Fanatics, use the deal. But yes, yeah, I was like, Jimmy's gonna buy that right right away, right now. Oh, I'd buy it off of his back, and I don't even like Bednar. But he's, I'll give him one thing. He might be. I don't like him as a head coach. He is the more stylish. He's the most stylish Almost. head coach in the oh NHL, my God. especially the flow, compared compared the to the Vegas coach. who's balding and just sitting there fat in his little Letterman jacket. And Bednar's like, "Yeah, no, I got I salt and pepper my he's hair got the every touch morning." Of gray, just he's, flow with the curls. He looks exactly like American Psycho. Every morning, I wear an ice pack on my face for twenty to thirty-five minutes to re- reduce swelling. And then you know it's bad, but yeah, he he looked good on the he looked good on the bench. Uh, I guess that's all you can ask for in your and the team's playing well. I the mean, team is playing the team very is playing well. well, so that does does add to it. Obviously, there's enough talent to help, but it, he did, the team is winning games, so that's all that matters. Yeah, uh, do you want to talk about the other? Because I didn't I, I, I didn't watch I, yeah, the I didn't Bruins really watch game. it besides the walkout what the Bruins are wearing and, the, and those '90s outfits. Those are pretty sick. Those are. Those you are might pretty. have to have a promo with that on. <laughs> well, I'm gonna get. I'm. In, I'm didn't tell you. I'm in the market for a pair of Pit Vipers. Hey, because, just go to eBay. You can yeah. Find some fake ones that look. That's what I, I got. Fake I, ones that work. I don't want the fake ones. I want the. I want the black with the gold Pit Viper. Okay. But the all black ones. Okay. Those okay. are the ones that okay. I'm looking at. Let's talk about the division standings a little bit because we are a quarter of the way through the season. Not the Habs, notwithstanding. Uh, but they're only they're two points behind the Golden Knights. Are probably going to be Which, down with, with missing t- or five games, six games. Yeah, they're so. still they're one game. They've played one less game than Vegas. They played three less than St. Louis. Uh, they're probably going to go down four points to Vegas tonight. But they'll they'll have a chance to make it back up. Like we said, they split with those. I see them being one or two, and it's going to be one it's or two one with two. Vegas and Colorado. St. Louis, they got out to a bigger lead and they had more points because they played more games, but they're they struggle. They just got beat by San Jose, I think, at home the other night. So it's well, not on Saturday night we watched 
I'm gonna tell you right now, the two best teams in hockey. Yeah, I think right. I think Vegas and Colorado are two of the best teams in hockey on the East right now. I think you gotta throw Toronto in there. You gotta throw Boston in there, um, Philly as well. But right now, I think it's I think it's gonna be either Vegas or it's gonna be Colorado winning the cup. Yeah, I think it's gonna be one of the two. I think that's gonna be the Western Conference Finals, and it's gonna be one of those two moving on to the finals and then winning it because both what we saw on Saturday is some of the most high up-tempo paced hockey you'll see all year mm-hmm. like what we saw those two teams competing i mean the past week they've been playing battling against one another and it's going to end up being two to two and it's rightly so because both these teams are just nitty gritty and they they're a bunch of dogs that want it yeah no neither team when they're on the ice neither team takes over and dominates mm-hmm. there's teams that play better for stretches but it's not like you're you're not getting 10 to nothing runs like mm-hmm. in a basketball game in in these two they're legitimate they're, they're fighting like Mexican boxers where they're in the middle and they're not moving their feet. They're just going to try and find an opening. I, I don't have a problem with it. I said it on on the blogs that we've been writing for the Unhinged Sports Network. I said three out of the four best teams in the league are playing this weekend yep. in Boston, Colorado, and Vegas, and I stand by that statement. That perfection line for Boston, well, we can we can mention that because I've had the – I've had the – on two for chirping in the preseason rankings, I ranked Boston as six. Because I thought losing Charo was going to hurt. I was wrong. It really didn't. Charo, it didn't. Is definitely Charo was dead weight. Yeah. I, I realized that now. I've had that take even. I said that take on this show when it first started. When we were watching the Tampa Bay-Boston playoff series. And you could just tell Tampa Bay was so much faster than them on the back end. They've kind of fixed that now. And Bergeron, as much as I hate to say it, Marshawn. And, uh, Marshawn did have a hilarious clap back though on Twitter. I don't like Marshawn because he's a dirty player. By the way, Vegas had two dirty hits that didn't get called. They actually they threw legitimate elbows and and I'm I'm kind of salty about that. It's 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 hockey though for you. If we would have done that, I mean it just it's just the way it was against our team. It's how hockey goes. But, but the Marshan tweet on Twitter I got a comment about because he there was a guy out there that was chirping at him for I think it was either losing Sunday or losing a day before two days before, and the guy was like, yeah, Marshan has been crap all year. He hasn't done much to this team. Blah blah blah. And then he, he Marshan sent a tweet out saying that you're sitting your ass at home while I'm flying on my private little jet. And the guy said, don't you know how to use commas in your tweets? He was like, I got enough commas in my bank account, <laughs> you dumb pigeon. Uh, and I was like, well, that's as good of a back slap you can get. There we go. He's a, he's a jerk on the ice. He's a jerk off the ice. But he is playing. That that perfection line is probably the best line. Oh, <clears throat> not yet. No, 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 no. When look, look. Who's the, who's the better line? It's it's abs when they're going, but they don't put the abs out there to all three they together don't, because yeah. of the depth they have. Because Landeskog can be that good, but Burkowski is no slouch. No. When, when he when they alternate him and Landy together. Oh, oh trust me, I Burkowski's my pick preseason pick for Con Smythe. I I get I I understand that. I don't. Points, just statistics that they've been putting up and the amount of games that they've played together, the perfection line is the best line in hockey. And they, the fact that they play all the all the time together yeah, on the, the ice. That's the only reason why. They, that, it's because they play together all the time. Because Boston, because they know what they can get from that line constantly. The Avs know what they can get from that top line, but they know what they can get from the second line too as well. I will say this. The Avalanche are more likely to score at any point in the game. You know that the Bruins are only scoring when that line is on the ice. Yeah. Because they, we talked about it. When they didn't have them, they couldn't score an even strength goal. Mm-hmm. Their power play is probably – their offensive power play is as good as the Avs' defensive power play. And I, I really do – I agree with you. I think that it's probably going to be Colorado or Boston or Vegas and Boston in the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup final, uh, which is funny because when Jim was the guest on Two for Chirping, 
we were talking about that, and then we'd have the baseball show the week after, and it would be uh, it'd be kind of awkward because yeah, we'd both dude. be a little bit. If the Bruins win, if the Bruins win, I'll be really salty. I might be drunk on the show. If if it goes the other way, it'll go. He'll be the one in that position. Um, but I do think you know, you'll be drunk either way because we'll be at a we'll be at a parade. I'll go to a virtual parade, or we oh, I'm we going could just to the actual parade. I don't I don't, I don't, I don't know I don't if there's wear. no parade, then how are we gonna? We do we we do what we what the what they did in Tampa. We do it on a mountain. We have them ski down a mountain with with all the with all like the little uh, on the the yeah. snowmobiles. Oh, that'd be sick. There we go on there snowmobiles. Okay, that'd be cool. Would that not be cool? And then we send the Stanley Cup off one of the ramps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be. That's what we're hoping for. We're planning yeah. on it. We have money on the fact that that's what we're going to be doing uh, come springtime. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the NBA. And uh, I don't know. Where, I'll let you take control of this because I don't know any of the topics that we're going to well, be talking for, well, first about. First of all, on Saturday or on, let's see, what night was it? Saturday or yeah, Saturday night before the Avs game when it was at midnight Eastern, the the Warriors Hornets game. We got to talk about this. Good Lord, Draymond. First of all, I had a parlay this weekend that was one miss away, and it was fucking Warriors. I had a chance for a seventy buck. A parlay to hit, and the Warriors lost it. So what happened? Nine seconds left in the game. There was a jump ball. Draymond is on the after the jump ball. Draymond's on the floor with Gordon Hayward, and Gordon Hayward has the ball and calls a timeout. Well, Draymond thought it was another jump ball, so he, he gets up, gets to the ref's face, chirps, yells, excuse me, at the top of his lungs, gets double teed, and and let me remind you, the escape, the score is one hundred ninety eight. So the Hornets are down by two. Double teed. Hornets go a line. Get two. And then hit a game winner directly after. Draymond, that is the first time, or not the first, this is, what, this is the most recent time that I can remember a single player single-handedly losing a game. Because you had to lead in your hands, even if the Hornets had the ball there. You don't be an idiot and double technical. Because that's where it just falls into a play where the Hornets still have to make a basket. You either They either win the game or you go to overtime and you play on for another five minutes. Well, I mean, if you don't give up the technical free throws, they have to make the game tying basket and you go into overtime. Exactly. Like It makes it so much more difficult, and it was one of the stupidest things in the world. And Draymond's been taking heat all week because he had those comments about Drummond and him not playing and that whole situation because they're trying to trade him and same with Blake Griffin. So it's it's a whole whole mess. He was pissed about that because he doesn't believe that it's right for pl- players seem to be the scapegoats when when they want to get traded, but when a team wants to trade them, they don't play them. They don't get. Does he ever back. stop running his mouth? He really doesn't. He, it, 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 he was blessed by two of the greatest shooters of all time. Yeah, I don't even know. A good, I don't even know a good comparison he, for he, who who would he, he would have like, been. Like he's J.R. Smith? Is he J.R. Smith? No, 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 no. People compare him to Dennis Rodman because, Rod, but but Rodman was good in Detroit. Like he was still he was a solid player in Detroit. Also, when he went to Chicago. Yes, he was the third option besides Scotty and MJ, but he still was a good player. Draymond, if you put him on a team with no one around him, yeah, he's not winning you games. I'll tell you that by himself. No, but I think also Rodman. They don't win six. They don't three peat twice if Rodman's not on the Bulls. Yep. He he brought that extra edge. He. Brought the edge well, that they Dray- needed Dray- yeah. to beat Detroit. Yeah, Draymond brings that edge to the team, but, but it's not the, needed, and it's it's, a, it's yeah. not the same edge because it's he's whining. Like yeah. Dennis Rodman didn't whine. Dennis Rodman might cost you a game because he decided to take a trip to Vegas, Vegas twenty four yeah. hours before the game, but he's not going to be on the court giving you a double, t- getting you a double technical foul, and then giving up the game that way. That's not that's not what he's going to be doing. That's why I don't see. 
It, it just pissed me off because I lost my parlay, and that was the last leg of it. I was going to say, that you're not upset more. that the Warriors lost. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, you might just, be upset that LaMelo won. I mean, I mean, it was a great game winner by Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier has been balling, and Charlotte seems to be like a playoff team, which is weird to say. Michael Jordan finally hit on a uh, good rookie for the first time in his general manager career. As great of a player he was, he is one – oh, God, I, this is going to come back to bite me in the ass. He is one of the worst GMs in basketball history. Tell you that right now because what he is, whether it be the Bobcats, which mm-hmm. you've probably never heard of. Uh, I, knew, Charlotte, I Charlotte, knew the Bobcats. The Bobcats were god awful. They have they still over. Didn't them. he play for them a couple years? No, no, no. He played for the Wizards. Oh, but but right. the, but the Bobcats who have who are have the record for the worst record in NBA history. They didn't win ten games. They they only won nine. So that was way back when, and then they moved. To sh- they got the name Hornets back, and ever since then, they finally he's finally hit on the mellow ball. The mellow ball seems like a stud. He's much better than his both his brothers, yep. and now there's some glimmer of hope in Charlotte for the first time since I don't remember how long. Uh, I I can't disagree with you. I think that they're on a on a new wave, and I think they're in a good place as a franchise. And he's probably the John Elway of NBA. Great GMs. player, god awful GM. Yeah, that's. That's one thing. John like, Elway at least won a Super Bowl as a GM. Michael Jordan hasn't even made the playoffs barely as a GM. That's true. Well, that's the same same reason Gretzky wasn't a great coach. Patrick Wall wasn't a great yeah. coach. You know why? They were fucking good enough that they can't coach you how to do how they yeah, did it. They just got into your face and yelled at you what you were doing wrong. Why can't so, you score exactly. a backhander through your legs? Why can't you do it? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And why can't you? Why don't you go out to center ice and fight the opposite goalie? Because you're just you're a little worked you're up. You're soft, yeah, you're soft. You, yeah. you had a cappuccino before the game, and you got a little weird yeah. at, at the intermission. So, uh, what else NBA wise are we? Are we well, I mean, whoa. Yeah, you you put in there the uh, the Jokic uh, yeah. apparently leaving. I'll tell you right now, that's not happening. Because you don't think that if they no. don't make the if they don't show that they can compete in the Western Conference Finals this year. No, no, no. He's got two years left on his deal. What's what's to say he doesn't well, go make NBA Euro in Dallas with those guys? Well, first, first of all, Jokic is untouchable. I'll tell you right now, Tim Connolly is going to live or die off of Nikola Jokic. And this young core is growing. This is the young core we saw with Avalanche. The Avalanche... McKinnon was just raw. Ransonen was raw. Landy was Landis Scott was raw. McCarr is getting there, obviously, but you have that young core. Now you just got to build them up together. Jokic and Embiid, if they both, which I don't know how it's going to work this year, but if both of them get all in the NBA this year, they're both in line for the Supermax. And I'm telling you right now, Nicole Jokic is Supermax type level player. He 100% deserves it. And Jamal Murray, we paid him two summers ago. Yeah, two summers ago. But we still have enough pay grade for that because we still have young young guys. They're still young core. MPJ still on his rookie deal. Bull Bull, Zeke Naji, RJ Hampton, it's Monte probably, Morris. probably why they got rid of Jeremy Grant. Exactly, yeah. Too. Like, like both, like Jeremy Grant was going to take the money away from Jokic. Paul Millsap is probably at the end of his career. He'll probably walk eventually. But Zeke Naji is on a rookie deal. RJ Hampton, Michael Porter Jr., like I said. Uh, Monte Morris, we just signed to a great deal this offseason. He's he's gonna, he's locked up. I mean, you have those young pieces locked up. I think Gary Harris is the next one in line to get paid. But that's something where we can move him to as well. Mm-hmm. So the Nuggets are in a good spot. Like I said, like obviously it's it's just tough being in the West. Like, like, like we said for so long in the East, the East was everything was run through LeBron. Now the West is the same exact thing. You have to go through LeBron. But this Nuggets team is has the capability of being good enough, long enough, until where LeBron either retires, which I don't know when that will be, or LeBron goes back to the East and possibly teams up with Bronny back in Cleveland to end his career. 
So there's there's possibilities where this team can still compete long enough, where they still have the young core, they just kind of keep growing. But I guarantee you, the only way Jokic gets um, where where Jokic is, or I'm gonna tell you right now, there's a better shot Jamal Murray gets moved before Nikola Jokic. There's a, there's a better shot that the Nuggets trade Jamal, which I'm not saying will happen because there's a good shot that won't ever happen. Um, actually, never say never. Be, but 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 Jamal is just one of those situations where Jamal can be moved for a better player. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's it's a weird thing. Jokic probably won't, Jokic is probably untouchable. It, the the Mavericks are picking straws if they're trying to deal him over mm-hmm. here because the Mavericks are cheeks right now. That was just that was just it's a, just yeah. It's just be, I mean Mavs fans have been trying to picture Nikola Jokic in a Mavs jersey. It makes sense. He would, he would go over with all the other guys from his 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 area, not the his country. Balkan brothers. Yeah, yeah the Balkan brothers. But I I don't know. It it was just an interesting thing because obviously everybody wants to go somewhere where they can chase a ring, and he would be at that point in two years because that's when his deal is up. That was the only only reason why I thought of it, and I was listening to it was the Denver Sports Station that brought it up, because you know it was every time that a team loses, it's all what was me, and we're gonna trade everybody and, and fire it, and and that's fine, but it, it just seemed like it could be a possibility, and, and Dallas made sense because there'd be the the, the, the only reason why that makes sense why this is in the news is because it is the ten year anniversary of the Mellow Deal. The mellow deal, and and I did listen to the Wo- the shout out Woj, uh, the Woj podcast with Mellow, and he was talking about that 20, 2011 year where Mellow was on the trading block and how he almost went to the Nets and then he almost went to the Jazz and he was playing around with different teams that he was he was going to and the Knicks didn't come in till three in the morning, which I, I thought was really interesting. So if you want to go nerd out on some basketball, go to the Woj Pod and listen to the latest one with Mellow because that was really interesting because. I remember when that happened because Derek Favors was a big piece that George Carl wanted because he thought Derek Favors was going to be the stud. Thank God that didn't happen. But, I mean, we, we got a huge deal out of that. Jamal Murray was part of that deal because we did get the 2015 or was it 2014 first-round pick from the Knicks, and that turned into Jamal Murray. So that worked out. And then you also got Daniel Gallinari, Wilson Chandler, Timothy Mozgov, and we were still a playoff team. When that yeah. happened, and, and if you were told me we traded Melo and Chauncey in the same year and still be a playoff team, I would have been like, "You're losing your mind." So in the end, it worked out for the Nuggets better because the Knicks never did anything with Melo. I was gonna say, Nothing if you're gonna trade Mello. for a team's future first round pick, it'd be a good chance. Yeah, so good thing to vote on the Knicks. Yeah, so it, they never did anything in New York. They always ran into the Miami, and they could do nothing. So it worked out for the Nuggets' favor. Although losing Melo, it hurt, but we have a better number fifteen. And right now, number 15 is going to be in the rafters with the name Nicole Jokic up there, not Carmelo Anthony. That's true. That's a hot take, but it will be up there, Nicole Jokic. I really don't see – I don't think that the fans would actually want to put Melo well, in. The way Melo left and yeah. bringing Chauncey with him too, that's just, that, that pissed off so many people. I'm still pissed about it because the way – because Chauncey was tossed around his last few years of his career. He should have stayed at Denver Nugget. He grew up here. He went to college here. He should have never been anywhere else in his career. He should have ended here and – Melo sent it to New York, and then he went to the Clippers, and then it went, I think he went to the Warriors or something after two, and he was just tossed around like a rag doll. And the MVP, the Finals MVP type player, and the Hall of Famer he was didn't deserve that. No, he should have been. He should have finished his career as a as a Denver Nugget. Uh, you want to anything else NBA wise? Do you want to move over to some college? Yeah, I mean, all, all, the All Star All Star voting came out. Jokic, uh, it's going to starter. Yeah, his first starter since Melo, right? No, no, he started last year. I believe he started last year. Actually, no. 
Yeah, you know, he was a bench player last year, I think, because Anthony Davis was the big man forward. Uh, but no, he's he's a starter, which is very good. the The hot take was that Luca was a starter and not Dame. Yeah, which was which is very which is true. Which, which I don't know. Luca has has had a good year, but so has Dame. But Dame is winning games. Luca came out and start. said that Luca doesn't doesn't deserve to be a starter. So that that was the weird part about All Star voting. It's it's just it's just a shame how they do it nowadays because Alex Caruso and Clay Thompson got votes, and neither of them. I mean Caruso, he's been playing games, but he's not an All Star. Mm-hmm. And Clay Thompson hasn't played a single game this year. It's just like the fan vote is just so stupid. I wish people took it more seriously. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Not many people care about sports the way that we do. That's like true. you, they, listen, they want to do it for the meme. Factor. Yeah, you listen to nerd podcasts about basketball. I listen to an hour and forty five minute podcast about college wrestling. It's true because that tournament's coming up. I I can't give you shit anymore because now I'm doing that as well. Shout out the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. No free, no free shout outs, uh, but I would love to be a guest on your guys' show. Just just throwing that out there. Let's move into college basketball because we are – this is the officially the last week of February. Yeah. We are in March. We are. It's March Madness time, baby. We, we sleep in May. We'll, we will sleep oh, in May. We, I'll tell you right now, we'll be firing with episodes and content in March. It's because, March Madness plus March Madness, which is what I'm excited about. I mean, we, between me – if GCU somehow makes a tournament – I'm telling you right now, we will. Have, we, we are going to. Be Can on, I be a part of that vendor? Oh, we are full part of the vendor, <laughs> and there's there's a shot I may be going to it as well because I, I have some friends that are wanting to go to Indy. If GC makes a tournament, man, we're going to be having a party or something, bro. It's... And if, if somehow pull up an upset too, oh god, oh man, oh man. What would they go in as if they? It'd probably be like a 13 through 16 seed. Okay. I mean, New Mexico State, who's usually the conference winner of a term, is usually a 12, 11, 12. But GCU is, hasn't had the notoriety New Mexico State has, so it'd probably be a 13 to 16. Mm, so, hey, man, man, great things are born from great opportunities. You, so, yeah, all, all you need, I said it on our Gunnison episode, all you need is a ticket to the dance. Exactly. And then any anything that happens after that is up to you. Uh, let's let's go ahead and tell the listeners, we are going to have a bracket challenge. Because I've oh, been 100%. talking a lot of shit to Nico. I've Every year that I've done a March Madness bracket challenge, I don't watch any NCAA basketball before I pick my bracket, and I've won. It's going to be interesting because I have a lot of friends who do this religiously that's, and watch college basketball every single game. That's fine. So, that's fine. so it could some of our listeners, man, may, may have, have a run for your money. May have a, may have a prize for the winner too. Yeah. So you'll have to look out for that. If I win, I'm not getting the prize because that's just how my life works. But <laughs> uh, if you beat us, you'll get a prize. Yeah. Be sure to follow us on social media at FEOTB Pod because. Uh, we got to figure out what app we're going to use to yeah, host it's, it. It's either between the ESPN app, which I know a bunch of people use, and then also the March Madness app, yeah, where been, you watch all the games, where they they stream it through CBS, right? Yeah, it's norm. It's I think it's yeah, the CBS yeah, the March Madness. Yeah, the only reason why I know bracket. about the app is because that's how I watch the games during class. Yeah, <laughs> that that that's the one app you click and have on your computer on the little side. Yep. While you're while you're taking notes, but you have the game on the, on the side during class. I'll be honest with you, I never thought it would happen, but in college, I was sitting there on my March Madness app watching Trey Young at Oklahoma mm-hmm. and that's I picked Oklahoma and I was like no come on they were going to be my first 12-7 upset that I got that year and it didn't end up happening but uh we'll figure out what app we're going to use because I, that's the app I've used most of the time and I know that you can does ESPN give you extra points for upsets because I think that makes not, it a little I'm bit more positive. fun I'm not positive but I have to otherwise everybody's just going to pick chalk most of the way through the tournament especially this year because everybody's making the tournament yeah, I, I mean, it's it's going to be a little interesting because, like we said, a lot of these teams have played only in conference. Yeah. So I think we could see mayhem. 
I think we could easily see some mayhem I, because there's not like a clear cut favorite. Obviously, Gonzaga has been playing yeah. well. Baylor has been playing well. Um, Ohio State, Michigan have been playing well. But besides that, I I don't know which way to go. It's not like I'm sitting here like, oh, this team is easily the number one team in the country. Really? I mean, Gonzaga, you can argue that, but Gonzaga as the number one seed, not very fun to pick. No. Not not they're not, not an easy one to pick when you're filling out brackets. Christian Marissa Brady, I'm not the one saying that. I'll go it's full in facts. on the Zags. It's... I love Gonzaga. I love John Stockton. I love Adam Morrison, all those great days. Uh, the I can't even say his name, but the Savitas, whatever, the big dude that was balding two years ago, three years ago. They got a, I love Gonzaga's program, but they're always – like they're always due for an upset almost somewhere. Yeah, it's like Arizona. Yeah. Arizona in the first rounds is, is a guaranteed upset. Yeah. I got that one a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I was pretty happy with them. I I think Michigan. I don't well, know. Jawan Howard as a head coach. Shout out Jawan Howard for yeah. Fab Five finally getting his recognition up there in Michigan. But Michigan could be dangerous. I think they're the most dangerous. I really don't know what to think about Baylor. I know that they're on a tear. They're they've having been, a great season. Rolling, yeah. But they're they're not a basketball program. They're not a basketball school. That's the the tricky part about all these uh, about so the, Ohio State too. Yeah, they've been rolling too. It, it's weird. It definitely is weird. It's not like you have Duke, North Carolina, Villanova, and Villanova is going to be make the tournament, but Duke may not make the tournament. Neither I don't North think Carolina. Duke makes the tournament. North Carolina, unless they have a big ACC ACC tournament. I mean, they they may squeeze in as a Final Four, uh, but uh, it's going to be tough. I really would not. I don't even want to see them in the tournament this uh, year. It's good for ratings. Not this year. That's I, bad basketball they're they're playing over there in, which in is North very Carolina. Weird to say from Coach K team the team too. And Roy Williams. I, I'll put both of them there because it, it hasn't been good for North Carolina for two years, and I don't know what the hell happened to Duke. But Coach K has had as many excuses as he wants yeah, to pull out of his yeah. ass this year. But I, I really – I'm interested to see I'll, – I'll probably do a little bit more research, especially if we're going to have the listeners in the bracket this year. I'll do a little bit more research on Baylor, but just – my initial feelings, I'm wary. I think they're going to make a good run. I think that they could uh, maybe Elite Eight. I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say Final Four. I'll say guaranteed at least Sweet 16. But I don't know what they're going to do after that because they've never been there. And none yeah. of their guys have ever been there. It's not like – I believe the last time they were Elite Eight was five or six years ago. I, I can't think of the top of my head. But it wasn't not that long ago. But I don't think it was the same players in the program. I, I think they could either be middle of the road and maybe get knocked out in the third round or be Texas Tech from last year and, and somehow wind Texas up Tech in the final. Texas Tech had some dogs, though. Yeah. It, it was, two years ago, by the way. Cause oh, right. Yeah. God damn it. Last tournament. <laughs> last tur- they're the lineal yeah. uh, runner-ups, I guess is what we'll say. If you're a boxing fan, you'll really appreciate that reference, the, the lineal title. It, I think it's going to be an interesting little bit of, of the season, obviously with the conference tournaments coming up. And we'll all just cross our fingers and make sure that we get through March through March God. and into April with college I mean, basketball. I mean, I'm hoping that everything goes off smoothly. Having the whole tournament in one state is going to be interesting because they're using Indiana or they're going to be in Indianapolis. They're going to use Lucas Oil as a Final Four. They're going to have the University of Indiana Stadium as one of the places. They have Purdue. They have the Pacers Arena. I believe the G League team as well. So they have four stadiums for it all. I'm just very interested to see how they use all that because that's a lot of teams in a small area. Mm, that, so. that would be. Do uh, you have any pick, like early early pick team that you're going to pick to win the whole tournament? I'll probably go to Gonzaga because I think maybe it's finally their year. But – Michigan definitely is my sleeper. I think Michigan could make a lot of noise. They, what they did to Ohio State the other night, I watched that game, man. They they rolled through them. 
Um, I think they can make some noise there. Jawan Howard is is a great basketball mind. I say that he was he was he was a part of like I said the part of the Fab Five. He was on that LeBron team in Miami the first year. Um, he's been around a lot of great coaches, so I think he has the he has the good wits to possibly get Michigan back to the promised land. I'll I'll pick Michigan as my early too early champion. I'm gonna go with Illinois as a sleeper because yeah, Illinois definitely. I remember picking them preseason. Yeah, they could be a good sleeper. I think that I think that they'll make a little bit of noise. The Big Ten, Big Ten is just a good conference all around yeah. because they're the best wrestling conference. They're a pretty damn good basketball conference. They're really good I mean, basketball I'll, conference I mean, and really Wisconsin, good football. Yeah, you can throw Wisconsin in there too. Yeah, Wisconsin could be a sleeper t- team as well. But yeah, they're damn good at basketball this year. I'll just tell you, every single Big Ten school can wrestle. That's all. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And it's. And when people are allowed to go, I'll have to, when we're done recording or maybe in the break, I'll show you because Iowa went into Oklahoma State to wrestle and they traveled. Iowa travels pretty well when they do that. There's probably 30,000 people inside an arena the size of a hockey arena for a wrestling match. And Oklahoma State opened up the, he pinned the number one guy in the weight class to open up the duel. And I shit you not, it's one of the biggest crowd reactions I think I've ever seen outside of the WWE. Um, and that's a good transition into what I want to talk about next. Let's let's go ahead and wish Coach Pfeiffer, Coach McMahill, Coach Summers, and all of the Western Colorado wrestling team because we had we just had Coach Pfeiffer on uh, an interview for our bonus episode last week when last we were in Friday, Gunnison. Yeah. Uh, so be sure to go back and listen to that yeah, because it, Coach, all of our guests were great interviews and, and fun to talk to. Um, but I mean, I, we talked about it afterwards. Coach Pfeiffer was yeah. A, Coach Pfeiffer just has a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. He's a lot of fun. Um, it was fun interacting with, with the assistant coaches because they were chirping at him yep. on the episode release. So definitely shout out to them, man. I'm 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 gonna have have to get some Western gear eventually. I'm not I'm not uh, your like the like I can't give you anything that I have. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to figure something out. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to give you everything anything that I have for sure. But they're coming up on regionals, so good luck to them. Uh, and then I mentioned it a couple times. I'm. I'm gonna see if I can find somebody to do some NCAA wrestling tournament content with. I told you if you if you got someone to geek out with you, you can have yourself I, a bonus episode. I would want. I just I wish I was more. I promise I would do it with you. Maybe we do that with the Frozen Four hockey because we could do that too. We could do that, and I haven't really. We're probably equally as limited oh, in yeah, college we, yeah. hockey. Um, I'll figure something. I'll try and figure something out. That's coming up the March 18th. Um, so I'm super excited. I fill out all ten brackets plus wrestlebacks. All and and honestly, there was one year where I went. I think I was seventy percent in one of the brackets. I actually picked the final four matchup and and got the championship. That's pretty damn good. It me. was it was cool. It was it was one of my big one of my bigger yeah. things. That Jimmy I, fills out every weight class, and I fill out fifteen different March Madness brackets. Yeah, <laughs> and there's some wild names in the wrestling tournament, and you have to start writing in last names. And I'm like, ah, that's gonna be interesting. By the way, Michigan has a guy called the Serbian Sickle. Oh, I like that. So we have uh, another, another I'm Eastern. Picking block. Him. I'm picking him. Uh, he's uh, he's the number one number one seed in his weight class. Uh, let's go ahead. We'll go into our break, and when we come back, we'll do most dominant team, our new segments, and then finish out with our regular segments towards the end of the week. Uh, but don't go anywhere. You'll hear a l- couple messages from our partners, and we'll be back on the far end of the bench here on the Unhinged Sports Network. What's up, bench warmers? All right, we we've been talking about fanatics for a long time. We want to make sure that this thing stays up to date. So we mentioned last time that you can get national championship, conference championship gear. Well, now basketball season's in full swing, hockey season's in full swing, 
and now we're going to have to start looking for Super Bowl championship gear. Unfortunately, Nico, it's either going to be Tom Brady again or the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl gear. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to be getting any of that. But if you're a fan of either of those teams, you got to get it. you got to get it. Use the Fanatics link in our link tree. That's the most important thing. Um, go get your good stuff there because, like I said, go get you a Mile High City jersey. Nuggets have been rolling lately. Uh, they they uh, have a great red jersey out there. I believe you can get the Nordiques jerseys too for the Avs. Go get you some of those sick uh, retro reverse jerseys. No matter what team of a fan or what fan of a team you are, um, go get you whatever it may be on Fanatics. He's got all the good stuff. Yep, link in our bio. It helps out the Unhinged Sports Network as a whole. At FEOTB Pod, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to use it and help out the Unhinged Sports Network so we can continue to bring you great content. Thanks, guys. What's up, Benchwarmers of the Unhinged Sports Network? We got another thing to, to get to because, you know, nobody likes dealing with cable companies in 2020. And here at the Unhinged Sports Network, we wanted to cater to you guys to go into the new age, cut your cable cords with Fubo TV. We have a new link, a new partnership. You can go to the link in our bio, and if you sign up for a subscription through that link, you will kick back a little bit of money to the Unhinged Sports Network so we can continue to bring great content all across this platform. And we got big things coming up in 2021, so you're going to have to, to get in on this, and we're helping you out in the process. Yeah, make, make your life easier, man. No one likes dealing with cable companies. You don't get half the channels. Um, sometimes there's blackouts. That's not present with Fubo. You can get whatever you want. I can watch Sunday Night Football with no sweat. I can watch... Or, TN, or I can watch basketball on TNT anytime I want. Um, get, be sure to use Fubo, man. I'm definitely going to be using it. I hate paying for cable, so I'm going to be using that right right now as we speak, if we're being honest. And I want to make sure to get on that deal so now it's your turn to do the same. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network. Cut your cable cord. Come into the digital age. Thanks, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Far End of the Bench, episode 29. Be sure to hit up those links that we, you just heard about. They're in our bio, at FEOTB Pod. A lot of them help out the Unhinged Sports Network as a whole. Some of them are just partnerships that we have, but all of them, like everything that you need to find is in our bio, at FEOTB Pod, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, so go check those out. Hit now, alongside that, too, as well, like we said, we have more merch still. We still have merch out there. Yep. Before they run out, be sure to e or message us, email us. Actually, we don't we don't give our email, but we, if you want to message us, on, we could message us on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it may be. We've had a lot of great feedback. A lot of people love the t-shirts. It's like I say, it's springtime. Yeah, got, it, it, we, it's a nice light blue shirt, so it works in the spring. You can wear it to Easter. Exactly. Your, yeah, your you, Easter brunch, you can wear it because it's nice. I mean, it's not like it's a it's a you can wear it with jeans and it, it's a it's a good outfit. Exactly. Uh, but so, we have the we accept PayPal, Venmo, Venmo and cash and as well, cash. Yeah. Um, so hit yeah, a, hit yeah, us up in the, in the social medias for at feotb at feotb pod for a shirt and a sticker. It's twelve dollars for a shirt, three dollars for a sticker, fifteen dollars for both. Um, but those stickers are, are fire. We've been, we've been, we've, we've, uh, we've sent it some stickers out already and a lot, we've seen them on water bottles. We've sent them on cars. We've seen them on computer. I don't know, how, I don't know why they're putting them on their, putting them on their car. Cause I didn't get car decals, but Hey, Hey, it, it works. It works. It works. It works. That's for sure. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's get into our new segments. We are actually not new anymore, not, but not but new segments anymore. Doing these, yeah. But we'll, before we do that, most dominant team of the week, 
I'll be interested to see who you picked because I went a little bit outside my comfort zone. Mine's the oh. Toronto Maple Leafs. The okay. Toronto Maple Leafs, just because I saw read the stat today, Austin Matthews is on pace to score 55 goals in a 55 game season, and he is That's the insane. he's the he's benefiting from no goaltending up up north. They forgot goaltenders yeah. this season for, in Canada, but he's he's on a tear, and he's an American player. He's probably the best. American player in the game right now. I mean, yeah, scoring wise, yeah, for score, sure. Yeah, for sure. But he's he's on a tear, and and that team is gonna have a good chance. If they're gonna break the Canadian curse any year, this would be the year that they're gonna do it because that's, they that's get a, a that's a big hurdle to get over though. They get a cakewalk up until the semifinals, and then they have to start playing Boston in their usual division. And they're probably gonna get ran out of the stadium in that in that series. But I, I like them so far early on in the season, so they're my most dominant team of the week. Yeah, that's for sure. My most dominant team of the week, I went out of my comfort zone too because it pains me a lot to say this, but the Utah Jazz have been oh. playing outstanding. Oh. The Utah Jazz have, have, are on oh. a tear right now. Gross. They've been balling out. They they did lose the other night, so their win streak did get ended, but they, they, were, they went 19-1 in 20-game span. That one was against the Denver Nuggets. So I'd kick you out, but it's your house. Yeah, so it hurts me to say that. Ugh. I'm saying that as as I'm putting that as most on team just because I know it's gonna fall apart soon. I know it's gonna fall apart soon. Oh, so that's boy. why I'm doing that. It hurts me, but I it's hard to not pick them. I I hope it falls apart soon. I don't know. That's that's a big of you. I don't think that I, I could do that. I don't, I don't think I could say the Red Wings or the or Steelers or, <laughs> or the Stars. Yeah, definitely not the Stars. Thank you, everybody. By the way, our Texas fans keep growing, so thank you, everybody, for tuning in in Texas. I don't know why you like yeah, listening the, the to Lu- the Louis Vasquez episode. Everyone loves. That's it. that's true, but I don't know why you guys keep listening if all I do is bash the teams in your state. But hey, I'll I'll take it. Some people enjoy the pain. Let's get into our segments. Uh, we'll start with what's what's brewing, presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Follow them. On Twitter and Instagram at High Alpine Brew, and you can like their page on Facebook. Uh, what's brewing uh, this week for me? It's Carson Wentz already has beef with one of his new receivers, Michael Pittman Jr. We all know that the Philadelphia receivers cared for Big Dick Nick more than they cared for Carson Wentz, and it already seems like he's on a bad, bad foot with one of his receivers early on, and he hasn't even shown up yet. The trade is—I don't even know if he's actually allowed in the facility yet for another couple of days. Who? Because free agency isn't technically open up in the off season, like the books haven't actually have unfroze. Conferences and everything. It, it's it's it just seems like a bad situation. It's probably looking into it a little bit more. I I don't know, but I think that this is a bad omen for the start of his tenure in Indianapolis. No, one hundred percent. I mean, if if the wide receiver is is unwilling to do that right away, that's not a good sign. Like it's it's gonna be interesting. Did he come out and ask, or was it just a question? I think I think it was just a question right away. Ask. I I, I would guess that Carson Wentz wants eleven. I think he he wore eleven in college too. I think. Mm, I'm not give me positive. a second. I'll look up a I'm picture not, of him I, in college. Yeah, and I'm not positive, but I mean, I, look, you, you can pick a different number. Like if Pittman already had it, maybe that P- Pittman's kind of funny too. He, he's a, he has a YouTube presence, and he, he's an interesting. Character. All these receivers are TikTok talk, TikTok stars now. <laughs> That's huh? the new wave of receivers. Um, but he yeah. did wear number eleven in college. He was so number he's eleven for the Bison. Different. I don't know if you're a Colts fan. Would you get a what, Carson Wentz jersey? I probably wouldn't. I would wait. I would sleep on it. Sleep on it for just a kind of, kind of like see the Joe Flacco Broncos jerseys. Just sleep on it for just sleep on sleep it on it for years. a season. See how it does, and then if it doesn't pan out, I mean, honestly, if you're a Colts fan, go just go get a uh, Quentin Nelson jersey. Yeah, he's gonna just go get a Quentin Nelson. He's jersey. gonna be around there for know, a while. I know it's not like the the 
the highlight. He's an offensive lineman. But true diehard fans yeah. get either A, role player jerseys, or B, O-line or D-line jerseys. That's hey. what you know you're a diehard hey. fan. No, it's not a slight yeah, against it. I know, I know. It's just the fact that if you see someone with an O-line or D-line jersey as a fan, you know that dude knows his football. That's true. Right? Yeah. That's just, that's just facts of the matter. It is. There's a lot that you can learn about a man from the team that he, he and the follows. Jerseys that he wore, and the jerseys but, that he wears. Because if you're – here's impromptu dating advice on the far end of the bench. If you're going out with a guy and he's a fan of a team like the Bengals or a team like the Browns or the Redskins – football team, sorry. Football team, sorry. Yep, slip sorry. of the tongue there. You know that he's loyal. Yeah, and no matter you know the shit, shit that you put him through – He's going to kind of stick around for a while because, hey, it's going to be the year. This, this, is gonna, it. this is it. We're finally getting over the hump. We're going to finally make it into the playoffs. We're finally going to win a playoff game. No. Okay. Well, I'm still a fan of the team. I'm still here. I'm uh, right like here I, like, waiting. I, like I said before we, we started recording, I was like, no Bengals fan has ever texted another uh, Bengals fan and said, yes, we want a playoff game because texting wasn't around the last time you won a playoff game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to put that. I had to tell our fans that. 1991. The first Lethal Weapon came out three years before that. Yeah, that's hers. Well, uh, now let's go to my what's brewing yeah. because this might cheer you up a little bit. I don't know. There are some rumors in the hockey world. This is probably a discussion I want, I want to hear from you guys in the two for chirping to have. Is Sidney Crosby could be on the move? Could. Don't, don't get me wrong. Could is the word. There's not. It, there's, there's small rumors out there that Crosby could try to go get another cup win somewhere and the Penguins are not good right now. Penguins are need a rebuild, and you could get some assets for Crosby and Malkin. And the Penguins are in a situation where, yes, Crosby will forever be known as a Pittsburgh Penguin, but could it be a Wayne Gretzky situation where he tries to go somewhere else and win a cup somewhere else as well? Like it could be like you know what this guy did so much for the pro, for the organization and. Ray now, Bork situation exactly, and, and well, Ray Bork didn't have cup though. That's the only that's the only difference. Well, I mean, it's he's it's similar because you're giving up one of the best players in your franchise history to go. You're releasing him to go win somewhere else. Yeah, too. The, the only the only thing with Crosby would be is be like I think Crosby would leave, but he'd want to make sure Pittsburgh was a good spot. I think he'd want to make sure that the return for Pittsburgh was worth it and that they'd be better off without him. Because I mean, trading your captain away, especially. One of the all-time greats. Yeah, I said that. One of the He's all-time a top greats. five all-time greats. One of the all-time, all-time greats and Sid the Kid. I mean, it's it'd be tough, but there are some rumors out there that it could happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there are some small, not big rumors, small, small. I, that's small rumors. Like It could be just Twitter holes, rabbit <sighs> holes that I'm going down, going down, but there are some small rumors that it could be moved. I really hope that it's not. I mean – it could be the abs. I don't want it to be the abs, especially. Just, the, only, the, the only the only reason why I say that is because him and McKinnon are such, such a good relationship. It's a sketch done. And imagine McKinnon on the first line and Crosby on the second. Yeah, I know, but who are you giving up? We just talked about be, all that it, great it, depth. It'd be, it'd be Newhook. It'd be uh, probably be Connor Timmins. Byram is probably untouchable. It'd probably be at least two or three first round picks. It'd as well. probably be Belmar. Probably Belmar or Kadri too. Yeah. And that's, that, that might be that might I mean, be worse I, Sydney Crosby though. That might be worse Sydney Crosby, Jimmy. I'm telling you right know. now, that right there. Because look, you keep Byron, you keep Kale. If you're able to only get rid of, I, look, look. All I'm saying is, I want a cup, and you do whatever it takes. 
But does that take away your chance of winning multiple cups in this span and get you one? I just want one, Jenny. We can talk about multiple cups after the first one. They have the chance for multiple right now, like four or five. Jimmy, I want one, and then we'll talk about more. But oh, I want one. I, I want one. And if Sidney Crosby has a small chance of him being moved, and the Avs are an interesting spot, could be it's it, it's something where the Avs got to pick up the phone and seeing where the asking price is. Oh, I'm sure that it Joe Sakic has already been like because Sakic's no idiot. Sakic's probably been driving past his house, throwing rocks at his window. There or not Crosby's window, the new GM because Pittsburgh has a new GM. Mm-hmm. Throwing rocks at his window, standing outside on the lawn with his boombox, like Sidney Crosby. You, you interested? We, we, I am McKinnon here, your best friend. Yeah, from your own town. He's he's uh instead of you up, Joe Joe Sackick text trade trade <laughs> trade question mark. Look, no, you no, gotta, no, no, no. Look, I'm not saying it, he's going to get moves because he did just play his thousandth career game. Shout out Sidney Crosby because man, he he's had a storied career and thousand games in one uniform has is something to behold. But at some point, you guys see Pittsburgh's got to rebuild at one point. And if you're able to get a good return for Crosby, because Crosby still is a doable player and still a quality player. He's not an all-star anymore, but he's still a top, uh, still a top six, uh, top six forward on a team. And if Crosby's asking price right now is still pretty good trade market, it might be a situation where Crosby like, you know what? We're not winning. And I want you guys to be good down the road. What can I get you in return? So I can go try to chase another cup. Because that could be a situation there. I'm not saying it's going to happen. So don't yell at me for saying it's going to happen. There's a small chance it could happen. Boston is another thing that team that came up as a possibility. I was going to say. Boston was the other team that came up alongside. Makes sense a little bit. Alongside the Avs for that. So could be interesting. If he gets moved, it'd be a end of a great tenure. But if the Avs are able to pull that off and not give up Byram or Kale McCarr, I'd, I'd say pull the trigger. It'd be interesting. Of the two stars in Pittsburgh that I thought could be traded, I would have thought that they would have gotten Malkin before they traded Crosby. Well, yeah, Malkin's another piece that could be – I think it would probably be moved a lot sooner. But. I didn't think that they were going to trade away both. I thought they were going to try and keep one around, and I thought it was going to be Crosby. Just because of the, who he is. Yeah, just because of the fact that he was – he's the next great one. He was the guy who took over after Gretzky retired. Yep. That was that, was that guy. Him Ovechkin have, have been the head of this, this generation. For I sure. mean, Crosby – it's Crosby – over Ovechkin only because the NHL pushed Crosby so much far, yeah. harder, harder and than Crosby they did won Ovechkin. those cups at the beginning of his career. Ovechkin never really had teams. No, Crosby recently. dominated Ovechkin for forever, most yeah. of their career. It's not even you can't even compare it to Tom Brady, Peyton Manning mm-hmm. because Ovechkin hasn't won that much yeah. against Crosby it's, until until recently. It's been, yeah. been it's been bad. It'd be it'd be worth because I listened to it this morning. The part of my take from today, so February twenty second, uh, they had Ryan Whitney on. And he was, they were, because he came into Pittsburgh, they were drafted the same year with Sidney Crosby. And he talked about just the similar thing to what we talked about with Lewis when he was talking about Peyton Manning. Just the fact that he's in the locker room on the ice. Yeah, like you said, he's not an all star anymore. He's not going to be scoring 50 goals a a season, and he's not going to be having 200 point seasons, but. He's going to make extra opportunities that not many people do. It's the same, same thing that you got with Ray Bork. He's going to make extra scoring opportunities that you didn't have moving forward. And as, 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 as not as slow, he's not slowed down, don't get me wrong, but as, as slower as he is compared to what he was, that kind of, that kind of person in a Colorado Avalanche locker room, I'm telling you right now, like I said, if, you, if you're able to keep Byron and keep McCarr, that's worth it. It's worth it, in my opinion. It would also bolster, I mean, the Avalanche aren't a small market team. 
But it would bolster the Avalanche as their franchise again because they've fallen off a little bit after those cup wins. They were a pretty good destination for a while. I, I, w- I would say Colorado is a small market team for every sport outside of football and hockey because I think football, just just because of the success the Broncos had and then also the success the Avs have had because um, the Avs have always, ever since like the first year they came into the league, they were winning a cup. Mm-hmm. And they were in the playoffs and doing doing good stuff. So the, the Avs have been built into greatness, basically. So I would almost say Colorado just because, like, it's just weird with the small market situation because hockey is a sport where small market, like, bigger markets count as colder cities. It's not like Miami is a big market in hockey. It's not. Bigger markets in hockey are Minnesota, uh, Chicago, uh, Colorado, um, throw New York in there. Like the, those are the big, big, bigger cities because it's colder. Pittsburgh, the, Boston. Yeah, Pittsburgh, Boston. Like those are that's where because those are not big cities in terms of warmer sports. No, it's it's backwards a little bit in hockey. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, it'd be interesting if it happens. I don't know how I feel about it. Maybe the Canadians can talk me into it. Be sure to tune in for, on two for chirping. I'll I'll bring it up because we have that new Ask the Unhinged Experts, and that's a good reason for me to mention. Download the ColorCast app in our bio, because we do Ask the Unhinged Experts. We try and get some live questions uh, in for Two for Chirping as well. Let's move on now to Off the Hinges, presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Do uh, you want to go first? or do you Sure, w- I'll, I'll go first with here. This, this situation, it doesn't piss me off a lot, but it pissed me off all the backlash, basically. So the Jalen Johnson... With the Duke um, situation, he has opted out for the rest of his year. Um, it's it's a tough situation. He is going to be a top 10 pick in the NBA draft next year, and Duke has not been playing well. They have not been playing well, playing out simple. He came out and said that he will not be playing the rest of the year um, and that he's look, he's trying to build for his future. Mm-hmm. And people are saying he's quitting on his team, he's, he's doing the wrong steps, and this isn't right. I will agree that it is hurt to the team that he's not playing the rest of the year. But the kid needs to play for his future. Because, look, at the end of the day, they're not getting paid. Mind you, they're not getting paid. Obviously, they're getting, they're getting, they're getting benefits. Duke basketball players might be getting paid. <laughs> they're getting benefits. Don't get me wrong. They're getting benefits. They're not getting paid. And if Jalen Johnson has a good shot of being a top five pick in the next year's draft, you have to take it. And because the people that, that this, I can relate this to a little bit are people like Kyrie Irving, who only played 11 games at Duke. That team was still a tournament team, but Kyrie only played 11 games at Duke. MPJ only played seven games at Mizzou. And and some of these players are not playing full season of college because they know what the potential is and they don't want to create hurt. Because, like I said, they're getting they're playing for quote-unquote free, but they still have a good shot at the next level to be a top-five pick. And... The backlash for it has just been disrespectful because, like I said, this is a kid. This is a kid who sees that his team has been struggling, that he doesn't want to get hurt. Because look, look at what happened the or with Jake Butt in Michigan. The yeah. dude was was by far and away the best tight end coming out of college until he got hurt in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson gets a the ACL injury or whatever it may be. Zion was another person you could throw in that conversation. Zion got hurt in the North Carolina game on national TV, and that affected his rookie season a lot. He, he missed a lot of games and didn't play until after the All-Star break. Jalen Johnson doesn't want to see that. He still wants to be protected, have a top-five pick, and be have a chance to make money. It's He's not quitting on a team. I'll tell you right now. He's still practicing, still in the gym with them. He's just savage, salvaging his career based upon what's the better option for him going forward. May- and at college level, that's why you're seeing so many players go to the G League. 
and why you're seeing Jalen Green and these players and go to Australia. Go Australia is because the NCAA has done a, sh- a shit job of protecting these athletes mm-hmm. because they're treated like like dogs basically. They're, they're working their asses off, and yes, they're getting yeah. I've been one. Yeah, you're good. They're treated like dogs, and they're they're asked so much of them, asked to have their picture across all these different pages, and they're only getting quote unquote benefits. So mm-hmm. it's it's just a situation that he's, he's looking out for his future. I, I applaud him for, for trying to salvage what he's got going forward because I do think he's a good player and he could make some noise the next level. But obviously, I don't think he's – I mean, you probably might have a different take to this, but I don't think he's quitting. No, it's it's ridiculous the backlash that happened because it's not like this is a new thing. Bosa's, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, if you want to go back, the other Jalen Johnson yeah. from Notre Dame, he, he's a good example of why you don't just like Jake Butt. These guys didn't come here to get a degree. You don't go to you don't go to Duke and play basketball so that you can the top graduate with don't, it. At least, yeah. No, you don't. When you're a top five recruit to Duke, you're there for a semester and a half until January, basically, or I mean, April. Hopefully, this year it'd be it would be different if it was a normal season. But it's not like this is new. I don't get it. I I don't. It's this goes back to my very first off the hinges with the old people. Shut the fuck up. Like you, you can have your opinion, but you're attacking a legitimate kid in basketball because he's 18, 19 years old. It's one and done. I, I don't know. If you don't, if you think that college athletics for a majority of the players playing it is beneficial, you're sorely mistaken. Mm-hmm. You are. There is not much benefit other than the top one percent of the top three percent of the high school athletes. Only three percent of high school athletes go on to play college mm-hmm. at any level in any sport. In any sport. And it's the top 1% of that top 3% of the country that even has a chance to get a tryout in the professional leagues. It's even lower if you want to talk about first-round, second-round draft picks. Chris, Chris Gronkowski, I think, one of Gronk's brothers, put it best. Imagine you have an unpaid internship for 18 years of your life so that you can get an unpaid internship with a little bit of benefit and then you go through that four and a half, five years, and he was talking about football. But then even if you're going to talk about basketball, one year, maybe two, depending on how good your season was, just for a chance that you might get your dream job. And it's just you got to think about it not as a fan and think about it as a person. Who wouldn't do this if you're Jalen Johnson? Exactly. Jalen Johnson. Yeah. J- okay, I wasn't sure if I screwed <laughs> that up or not. Days mixed up. I, yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of Jalen Johnsons getting thrown around here. But I, I agree with you. It's it's ridiculous. It's Just let the kid be a kid. Yeah, He's exactly. doing the, what's best for him, and that might not be in the best interest of your program. Who cares? That ain't, that ain't what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is a guy doing what's best for him and his family who's going to get a chance to play in the NBA. It's perfect for him. It's, it's exactly what he needs to do, and I don't think that it's, it's wrong. There's a... Nico's Nico's yeah. Nico's gonna get there. Here, let's let's pause. I'll get Nico a water. Benchwarmers, we know you guys like to drink your craft beer, and that's a good thing because we're entering a partnership with one of the best, youngest breweries in the Western Slope of Colorado, High Alpine Brewing Company. We know that there's a lot of listeners out there in Gunnison. You guys know what we're talking about with High Alpine, but Scott, the owner, and us two, Nico and Jimmy, for the Far End of the Bench podcast have entered into a working partnership with them, and there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out like merch, we're going to have some possible giveaway deals with them. 
if you mention listening to the Far End of the Bench podcast. So there's great things coming with us and, the, and High Alpine Brewing Company. Exactly. Who doesn't like drinking beer while watching sports at a bar? That's the greatest combination there can be. Um, you got to go check out our, our friends up there. A lot of great things out of us and one of the best breweries in Colorado, hands down. Um, they got a lot of good stuff. Jimmy and I will be promoting their stuff like no other. I guarantee you that. We'll be wearing their shirts. Um, be sure to go on their website. They got good merchandise over there. Check them out there. And then obviously go taste their great beer because they have a great selection. Great selection, always on tap. Nice cold craft beer. Also follow them on Instagram at High Alpine Brewing Company. Look them up on Facebook, also at High Alpine Brewing Company. They're one of the biggest and youngest breweries in Colorado. Go give them a shout out and help out the far end of the bench. And help us grow our brand. Thanks, guys. Benchwarmers, we have another new partnership that we're talking about, Atemi Sports. We reached out to them, and they were gracious enough to offer us an affiliate position. So we have a new link in our link tree, at Pod, Instagram and Twitter. Go there, because they got great resistance bands for working out. Also good resistance bands for PT if you're having to overcome an injury, because I know we have a lot of uh, athletes that listen to the show, and then also with the men's league, we might have to invest in some Atemi Sports bands so that we can recover after games. Yeah, we're going to have to stress ourselves out for sure. But, I mean, it's a weird world we're living in. Gyms being closed, wherever it may be. Um, wherever you are in the country, check out Timmy Sports because, like I said, those bands are great for at-home workouts. If you don't have much, you use a cheap price, just go through our link. You can check out whatever they have um, and get you a quick workout in, not even 30 minutes every single day, and stay in shape during these tough times. Yeah, use the link in our link tree and make your purchase through that way. It comes a little bit back to us so we can continue to make good content for you guys and continue to uh, work through our technical difficulties that we've been dealing with throughout this show. So Atemi Sports, follow them on Instagram, at Atemi Sports, also on Twitter, and then use the link in our link tree when you go and buy your, your workout equipment and your resistance bands. All right, Nico's got his water. Yeah, sorry, I was dying for a second. Y- your mic is turned off. Yep, as, as my mic is turned off, wow, I am full. It's train wreck now. It's Monday. It's Monday. It's the end of a Monday, and that's, you know, we record these things late, too, because Nico's co- coaching the, basketball, so. I got to yell at kids for three hours, and then I got to, then I record the three on the key on yesterday as well. Go check that out. I mean, on top of one thing, my, my throat just gave out right there. So I need some more. I'm good now. We're back to rolling. There we go. Let's let's move on with on off the hinges. My off the hinges. I'm tired of the Bobby Bonilla deals. I'm tired. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I wish we had that on, on video because <laughs> I, I got Nico to do a spit take. But I'm oh, tired man. of these Bobby Bonilla deals, man. We, I mentioned it a little bit when we were talking about Fernando Tatis. What's the point of signing a guy for 10 years, $314 million, when you know you're only getting five Five, Good years six, maybe, yeah. out of that. I, do I have to bring up Albert Pujols? He he might be on his last year. Finally. Finally. I think, Finally. His, his I think wife, he retired three years ago and yeah, didn't tell anybody. Yeah, his wife, I think, posted something about him being his last year. Oh, what are they going to do? Yeah, I know. I, oh, jeez. They just got paid $35 million for the past 10 years. Look, let's be honest. Satis is worth more than what he got. Like we said, he only got twenty four. He only gets twenty four million a year. He's getting paid less than Buddy Hield. It's not like Mike Trout, where he's getting paid fifty seven grand an inning. Yeah, it's like but Tatis is worth more. It, you're just cucking yourself for the next ten years. Franchise wise and player wise, I don't know why you'd sign a ten year contract. Especially baseball for contracts that little. Yeah, but also baseball contracts are different, anyways, because you don't 
it's not like football where you have your rookie deal, then you get into free agency. You have your minor league deal, then you could possibly get signed to a rookie contract, which goes for five. It's normally a seven-year period between arbitration and all that kind of stuff because in baseball, uh, I can't think of – is it Manfred? Manfred's the yes. commissioner of baseball? Man, Manfred Man, made, Man made it so that – you get to free agency, but for two years of that, it's the team who drafted you. They get arbitration over you. Yeah. So they still get to decide what you do. So these long deals make no sense in baseball anyways because of the way the contracts are set up. That's why Kyler Murray decided that he played wanted to play football instead of baseball. He's going to get to his payday way faster Because yeah, baseball is just a big fuck fest. And they, it's they, seven years before you can make any kind of money. And they expect way too much out of these kids. Like I said, they're, they're still young kids. Like for Tatis, I believe he's our age, I think, maybe even younger. And – for the next ten years, if you get if you get a ring out of him, then it's worth it. But for five or six years, that's his prime right there. After that, you're still paying him to be a role player that much. And get me wrong, twenty four million is good for a role player. Fernando Tatis is twenty two years old. Twenty two years old. So he was you're born in nineteen ninety nine. Either way, but look, Tatis, if you get a ring out of him, good deal. But Tatis deserves more than this. And we're not saying total. We're saying yearly, because like I said, like like a hundred, a hundred eighteen was it? Was it? Well, three hundred fourteen, right? Three hundred fourteen. It's million. a ten because he has four years left on his original deal, which is what makes it a fourteen year, three hundred fourteen million dollar deal. I was gonna say yeah, because so three hundred fourteen million, that man, if you break that down yearly, that's that's nothing compared to what some of these other stars have gotten. And Tatis, like I said, is one of the most exciting players in baseball. He he make he's having fun playing baseball. Yeah. And and in a league where players are expected to be robotic and not show a lot of eccentric because of the unwritten rules and all that BS, it's it's a shame that he's only getting paid twenty four million a year. That's he, all I'm gonna say. He that. just signed it too early. He signed his his big extension a few years too early and that's people gotta learn that the hard way. He's still gonna have more money than he probably ever dreamed of having from wherever he's from I pulled mm-hmm. it up. Oh, he's San Pedro de Marqua, Dominican Republic. Oh, I mean, you're, you're, you got that name, I think, right? I don't know. I Macaris, close enough. Puerto Rican. Macaris, no, yeah. Domini- Dominican. Oh, Dominican. Dominican. He's Dominican. Yeah. We really. God, we are. Oh, we shouldn't piss we off. Should not. <laughs> not. Let's not piss off the Latin American islands, please. Yeah. Let's let's not do that. Um, next next segment that we have. What's on your screen? Presented by Fubo TV. Uh, by the way, follow the Unhinged Sports Network at Network Unhinged. That was the sponsor of the last segment. This one is basically what we're going to be looking forward to watching. On my screen this week, it's not anything really sports-related. I'm going to be getting my annual viewing of Vision Quest in for my for getting up, geared up for this wrestling tournament. Why do you? How do you guys think I get the gumption to fill out 10 weight classes? All there's <laughs> Jimmy's hyped up for five rounds of the tournament plus wrestlebacks. I got to watch Vision Quest with Matthew Modine, the best wrestling movie ever made from the from the 80s the 80s were the best time for everything uh, but i got to get that viewing in i used to watch it every year before i started my own wrestling season now i watch it every year before the wrestling tournament um and i even read the book that's how big of a dork oh, I, I mean am. that that's a diehard fan there yeah. right there i watched the movie and then read the book too it wasn't like i read the book and then watched yeah to, to go off that this isn't my what's on your screen of the week but to add on to that it's been 41 years to the date of the miracle on ice do yourself a favor, go to Disney Plus, go watch Miracle. Because God every damn American should watch that movie at least five times in their life. Great moments at least are five. born from great opportunity. But my for what's on my screen this week, Bucks vs. Clippers, Saturday Saturday night on ABC on ESPN. 
to the top teams, two teams that are, are have to prove what's going on in the playoffs. Because both these teams have had great regular seasons. Clippers have been rolling lately. They did fall. They did fall apart to the Nets, but the Nets have also been rolling. But two, this is going to decide who's. I mean, this isn't going to decide it, but this is a great factor of seeing. Okay, who can be a pretender? Who's going to be a contender in the East or West going forward? That's true. Because both these teams, like I said, are regular season teams, and they have done nothing in the playoffs yet. So let's see what what these when they when they play with the other one of the other better teams. Because originally last year, this was a finals. Um, prediction for a lot of te- for a lot of for a lot of viewers or all this or a lot, a lot of NBA fans this was who they thought was going to be in the NBA finals not Lakers heat for that matter they thought it was Bucks Clippers mm-hmm. they thought the Clippers were a better team than the Lakers but that never happened shout out to Nuggets 3-1 lead it's the it's both second seeds right it's the second seed in the east right now and the second seed in the west I think third because the Lakers third are the second west, yeah. Lakers are second because the Jazz are I forgot the about the Jazz yeah we, we like to forget about them very easily another 3-1 lead bomb but yeah that's they were my- your most dominant team of the week just throwing that back yeah, out there I know I know I had to do that uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into our regular seg- segments. That was What's on Your Screen, presented by Fubo TV. Use the link in our link tree and start a free seven-day trial. And don't have to worry about cable blackouts because you get all the same channels and no cable contracts. So go check out Fubo TV, a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network. Now let's let's get into Benchwarmer of the Week. And I'll let you go first because I did What's on Your Screen first. I know you're not too happy with mine, but let's let's go ahead and get into well, bench Benchwarmer of the Week. It's easy. Like I said, it's Draymond. Draymond's head assery at the end of that game, he deserved that. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the definition of bench warmer of the week. You literally lose your team at basketball game. And yes, it hits home because I had them in parlay. That hurts even more why it's bar my bench warmer of the week. Well. But I mean, losing getting double T, not even one time. You got technical, you got teed up first time, then went right back at him and kept chirping and got double teed up. That's the last thing you can do. After the first one, you're like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. I better back up 10 feet and relax because I can lose my team this game. Instead, the, t- the Hornets tied up, make two free throws, and Terry Rozier hits a game winner. Yeah, Draymond, easily. The easiest, easiest bench homer of the week I have picked on the show. He he has a uh, little bit of Ron Artest in him, except not a, quite as violent because he doesn't even – he acts like but he's going to – That is bo- a great – actually, that's a perfect uh, – we, we were talking about Dennis Rodman earlier yeah. being the – that's the perfect comparison. He's right just here. not as tough. He's not yeah. as physical because he doesn't actually start a fight. If I go back and watch the Malice at the Palace video and that first guy with glasses that sees Ron Artest, 6'10 ass, like – Oh shit! I fucked up. I fucked up bad. <laughs> you would never see somebody like that when Draymond's going after him. You might see somebody kick Draymond in the nuts. That that's something. Uh, my bench warm of the week: Tim Tito. T- Tim Tebow. Tito. Tito Ortiz. No, Tim Tebow. Not the Huntington. Not the Huntington Beach bad boy. Tim Tebow. The much much holier Christian boy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the complete opposite end of the spectrum of Tito Ortiz. Retired from Major League Baseball, quote unquote Major League Baseball. Baseball, just say baseball. He gave up what could have been. I mean, think about what he could be as a fullback or a tight end, something like that. If he just didn't have the ego where he needed to be the quarterback, he could have had a great NFL career. He could have turned himself. Let's not not put great out there. He could have. Honestly, if he was not as much, I'm not going to say that he's a jerk. But if he would have cared about himself just a little bit less and put the actual best interests of the team first, he could have been a very good NFL player. And he gave that up to play. Do you remember how bad he was on the Jets and how bad he that was, was on the Patriots? He, he was purposely doing that because they weren't going to play him at quarterback. 
He was he's the definition of a whiner. He should be he should have been Taysom Hill before Taysom Hill. Well, look at I look at it this way. His football career was over five years ago. His baseball career was over before he switched from yeah, football but he to got baseball. Money out of it, not he, really. He, I know, not really. But he was able to extend his "quote unquote" professional career another five years. He's getting paid more for being on the Fox and or Fox NCAA football show. Uh, he that, never got past AAA baseball, and when he got to AAA baseball, batted one sixty-seven. Okay, but like I said, he he extended his playing career at least a few more years. He would. I guarantee you, he would have been out of the league three years ago. Even if he was a fullback or tight end, he would have fallen off way too soon because the Taysom Hills weren't there yet. We weren't ready for that when he was around. Everyone thought he was, but he wasn't there yet. Now it's a it's a position that you almost need to have. But back then, like five years ago, this isn't like back then, like 10, 15, 20 years ago. But like five years ago, it was unheard of that he when. He would have 100% been a great Taysom Hill. Don't get me wrong. But that wasn't a thing. Like I said, it wasn't a thing. He wasn't ready for that. If you would have told TiVo, okay, you can be our quarterback in this, this, this package and still be lined up at receiver, still line up at running back and do all that, he probably would have been down for that. They want him to completely switch the position. He should have. He should have. Don't. He should have. Don't get me wrong. He would have been, he been a great fullback. Probably a pretty good tight end. Probably been a – I don't know how – he's probably not that great of a blocker, but hey yeah. – Maybe a good Put him slot, in as a receiver, linebacker. slot receiver. Could, no, not linebacker. No, he's not tough enough to be a linebacker. Geez. Slot receiver. Like he's a quarterback. He he could no shot. He had a linebacker. No, I I'd say I say slot receiver. He had or the, fullback running back. He had the build of a linebacker, like a pretty decent linebacker, yeah, no, with he, a shitty quarterback's mentality. Because let's in the NFL, he was a shitty quarterback. He was. He, he was. But like I said, he extended his playing career. Longer than it should have. Let's put it that way. He, he he wins my bench warmer of the week because he was a bench warmer in the Mets organization. So that's, that, 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 that's fair. That, that, there that, you that's go. fair. Uh, moving on now to beats of the week so we can win you guys some money. Uh, I have Canelo, sugar, which is what that's what Canelo means, the, the sugar. Saul Alvarez is plus 200 to win this weekend between rounds four and six. He's the overwhelming favorite. That's why you can't bet on him outright. But between rounds four and six, and FanDuel has a couple different combinations of rounds that you could do, plus 200, I'd look for one of those. And I know that it's not the it's not going to win you any money. I wouldn't put money on it to go to, to the decision. Canelo is a guy who wears on you. And the fact that he was able to move up from, I think, 156 pounds to 187 and knock out uh, what's the Triple Russian G? guy's name? No, the Russian guy that he just beat. Koval Kovalev? I think he just knocked out Kovalev. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh but he was able to do that jumping up 30 pounds. So it's not like he's losing, he's gaining power, he's still very quick. I I think that he's I I would put him as pound for pound number 1 right now, especially after Lomachenko lost. I uh, he's going to dominate this guy this weekend. He's plus 200. Put it on one of the round combinations to end it. Yeah, you he's gonna end this. Right, yeah. He's gonna end this earlier than than the judges' scorecards. Yeah. Okay. Now my first beats of the week. Like I said, I had the Jazz most most dominant team of the week. Well, I think they're gonna fall apart. I think this is a homer pick, one hundred percent. But the Denver Nuggets to win the Northwest Division is at plus twelve hundred. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Utah Jazz are minus five thousand for that to win the division. And yes, it's a shortened season, but I don't see why not. Like why? Like it's not quite at that level. It's, yet. It's the Jazz are not like that far and away better than everyone in the division. Yeah, they've been off to a hot start, but 
minus five thousand to win the division, and the Nuggets are plus twelve hundred. I'm taking that every day of the week. I'm gonna bet a little bit just to have that playoff because, like I said, the Jazz have to prove themselves. Yes, they, you've won a lot of games, but you have to prove them, prove yourself. The Nuggets are also behind the Trailblazers, though, right now in the <laughs> yeah, Northwest Blazers Division. Been, Blazers have been red hot too. Uh, well, we'll see. I, I I don't. I think that's a, a decent pick. I think that that could pretty pretty much work out too. So I like it. Um, my next beat of the week, Dustin Johnson. I I have golf in my beats. I, of the I week. was very very surprised. I have golf this. in my beats of the week, Jeremy. You've taught me very well. And I'm going with DJ, the guy that you picked to win the Masters when we had our Masters bonus episode. I have, I'm picking him to win the WC, WGC Workday Championship, plus 600. He's the favorite to win the tournament. But golf, you can win a good amount of money by betting on the favorite. Yeah, golf, is, golf is fun to bet on, too, because you can play it hole by hole. I did that with the Masters. The Masters is also coming back up again here soon. Ooh, I think it's a month away, boy. two months away. Yeah, around Easter. So around Easter. So that should be fun to talk about. But um, with with the golf, it's it, you can bet on certain players at certain holes, to birdie or par, whatever, which I kind of was fun to do with the Masters. I'm not going to do it with the smaller tournaments. Don't get me wrong, but with the Masters or with the players open or – Whatever it may be, I may do that. Yeah, and they, I think golf is one of the better live sports to bet on. Because oh, 100%. that's what you're talking about, where they keep everything updated. 100%. Once they hit the green, you can bet how many putts it takes them to get to get get or get the ball in the hole. Yeah, and that's why everybody lost a lot of money on that Tiger hole where this he couldn't true. get it past the water. This is true. Uh, my next beat of the week: um, the West Division to win the Stanley Cup. Like I said, I think it's either going to be Vegas or Colorado. I don't think I don't think either. I think those are the two best teams in hockey right now. I think Boston. You can throw in that conversation, but I think it's going to come down to those two. Mm. Like I said, it's, if it's not the Avs, it's going to be Golden Vegas. That's that's the one. That's the way I see it. The winner of that Western Conference Final is going to win the Cup, in my opinion. Yeah, this so is. Give me, and that's at plus two thirty, which is the biggest best odds. But I still think it's a good shot that happens. This is the. Just like the NBA used to be, it's the Western Conference, and then whoever can drag themselves through the East is going to be the final, but the East has no shot to win the championship. Um, my last beat of the week, Anthony Edwards to win Rookie of the Year right now is plus 1,100. And I know we're going to hear about Anthony Edwards in our next segment, so I won't take too much out of that. But with recent events that have transpired, plus 1,100 is pretty good for, for that guy. Yeah, just the mellow ball and Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. We'll have something to say about that. That's the only reason. He doesn't play in a big market, and he doesn't have a big brand outside of the big market. That's so true. It's, it's difficult. It's very true. Ne- next, uh, my last one, I have Real. We have some We have some Premier League soccer. I picked the Premier League game that's happening the day before this comes out on last week's uh, Beats the League. This week, it's on Wednesday. Real Madrid lost their first game in the Premier League. Or not, well, not Premier League. Champions League. Wow. I am all over the board when it comes to soccer. But Champions League, they're playing Atalanta. Like A-T-A-L-A-N-T-A. I think it's in Rome as well. And they're only a plus 195 to win outright. Which I think is a little disrespectful. Although, yes, Ronaldo's on the team. But shout out Weston McKinney. That's the next great U.S. soccer hope right there. Because hopefully the U.S. can get back into the World Cup here soon. The next time it comes around. Because there's a, some good young studs. of Weston McKinney on Juventus. Oh, wow, wow. Oh, my God. You know what? I'm an idiot. I'm talking about Juventus. And, and, I'm, and I'm looking at Real Madrid. Wow, I'm an idiot. Actually, I take that back. Everything I just said, I'm an idiot. I need to go listen to the Unhinged FC or or what's yeah that's what it's called unhinged FC. my look of confusion is wow. everything else that you said oh my god jimmy has no idea what i'm talking about i don't even know i couldn't even correct about. you i'm choking i'm choking i am losing my words cristiano ronaldo hasn't played for real madrid in two three years 
And I'm all over the board. Give me Real Madrid to beat Atalanta plus 195 just because they're notable. Oh, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the board, Jimmy. It is late. I'm losing my mind out here. I'm so confused. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't, I'm glad you didn't pick up on any of it because there's an actual soccer mind here. They would have been like, you're a fucking idiot. You should never talk soccer. Again. Our buddies at Insert Name FC probably won't listen to oh the episode God. past they, this point. They, they're rolling their eyes back in back at my head. Well, there's our I beats mean. of the week. Put some money in. I don't feel too confident about our picks this and week. any of them, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. Let's... Maybe the West Division win the State of the Cup. That's the only one I'm confident in. Yeah, that's probably the only one. Let's go to Player of the Week next. Uh, my play of the week, Derek Lewis erased Curtis Blades. Second best uppercut that I've seen in the past three years. Second to Francis Ngannou. Knocking Alistair Overeem into the third row. Derek Lewis, the only reason that he didn't knock Curtis Blades into the third row is because he had him held. He was holding his head down and then threw an uppercut with those meat hooks that he calls fists and absolutely leveled him. It's They haven't updated the rankings. I put out a blog this morning about the heavyweight rankings on Monday. They haven't updated him yet because Curtis Blades is still three, and then they had Derek Lewis at five. We said it last week. Derek Lewis, when he's healthy, most explosive, one of the most explosive guys to fight in the heavyweight one division. Of, yeah, because Ngannou. And I don't know. I mean, Derek Lewis just tied the all-time record for KOs in UFC history right there. With I think that's his twenty-fourth win by KO. He would be. It would be an interesting fight if he and Francis got to fight when they're healthy. Because I know we've seen it. But like I said, Derek Lewis, I think, had three herniated discs in his back, and that was Francis Ngannou after Stipe Miocic bullied the dog out of him. Yeah, I mean, with with the heavyweight division, I think Derek Lewis winning helps UFC out a lot because if Curtis Blades won that fight, there's a good shot that he is rightfully so the next in line. He'd get yeah. beat by Francis for or Francis or Stipe. He'd, he'd probably get murked by either one of them. But now you have a chance where... John Jones can get thrown in the picture. You throw John Jones at Curtis Blades, and maybe that winner goes on to face the winner of Stipe and Ngannou. I think that's the best way to do it, honestly. Because if you mean, like, mean John Jones against Derek Lewis? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Derek, yeah. I was going to say Curtis Blades is not. not Derek, Curtis, Curtis is going to have to fight his way back. Yeah, for Derek a Lewis shot. or John Jones, the winner of that faces the winner of Stipe and Ngannou here in a few months. I think that's the best way to do it mm-hmm. because I don't think John Jones. Should get a shot right away. I think he's got to fight one more, one more guy. And I think Curtis Blades is deservedly so. Yeah, or not Curtis Blades. Wow, Derek, <laughs> Derek Lewis. Lewis wow. Yeah, the Black yeah. Beast. Um, looking at it this morning, they don't have John Jones in the heavyweight rankings, so that makes sense. I would actually rather see Stipe versus John Jones because then you get the UFC's greatest heavyweight of all time against the UFC's greatest light heavyweight of all time, and that'd be cool to see who's the. Who's I think the, we'll eventually get there. Yeah, I think we'll eventually get there. I mean, maybe not because if Ngannou pulls off the upset, Stipe's thirty-eight. That's true. Stipe is an old maybe man. Maybe Stipe gets one less. Because I think he's probably nearing the end of his career. I think he probably fights Ngannou, then fights John Jones and calls it. Because, I mean, he'd have four or five title defenses, which mm-hmm. is more than more than I think any UFC heavyweight has in its history. He has the most uh, He has the most title defenses in UFC heavyweight history, and he's only lost three times in his career. And adding Ngannou and John Jones. Ngannou for a second time? Yeah, that, I mean, that'd, even be, that'd be massive. Yeah, and he won the belt from Faru- I I was looking at his fight fighting history this morning when I was writing that blog. Since 2016, he's only fought for championships. Mm-hmm. He he won the championship against Fabricio in 2016, and since then it's been defense defense. He lost it to Cormier, won it back, and then won the rubber match, which I didn't think. Normally, it's the guy who wins the first matchup wins the third. No, that, that's not how this one went. Mm-hmm. So Stipe is is a great one, but 
back to the play of the week, Derek Lewis's uppercut on Curtis Blades. What's your play of the week for? for oh, this my one? play of the week. It's easy. Like you said, Anthony Edwards, that poster. Oh man, he got up. That poor. I can't. I can't. I don't even know who. I, Aaron Baines was standing right next to him, but the guy he posted in Toronto. That Toronto. That poor white. Poor white boy. Ooh. Oh, Anthony Edwards Ooh. just went over the top of him, and just the best poster of the year by far. I mean, this this as uh, as nasty of a dunk as I've seen since DeAndre Jordan or Blake Griffin. That was playing up disrespectful too. <sighs> going over the top and then landing on top or landing over the top of him and walking over. That's as good as it gets. He was still like a he's good, a rookie. He was a good two feet away from the rim and. DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin are famous for the ones where they're up high enough that they can just throw it throw down. Them. Anthony Edwards still grabbed rim over mm-hmm. the top of this kid. It was full on nutsack to the face. Oh, it was it was the hey, was bad, yeah. What's up? I'm a rookie and this is uh, how kids I'm, kids 19 years old uh, and doing that. That's in, just insane. And he doesn't even like basketball. He likes football more than he likes basketball. Yeah, it's it, it's funny. It's, Anthony it's Edwards bad. is a, it's a interesting dude, but it's easy. That's easy play of the week. All right, now your player of the week. Player of the week, man. I got to go Nathan McKinnon here because hmm. I saw a stat line that he's leading in the last five games. He's leading the abs in go or last 10 games, excuse me, leading abs in goals, assists and points. Yep. And what he's been able to put on for the abs, he's been showing out. And yes, we haven't played before this week or last week, excuse me. We hadn't played in two weeks, but what he's done recently and what he's been dominating, boy, that, that rocket from the right side, I was telling you, that that is his signature move. Yeah. McKinnon driving the driving from coast to coast from the other from from his own blue line basically. Not from he, his own. He got it circle, from his circle, face off circle, yeah. going coast to coast, coming down that right or left hand side, and doing a piss missile to the back of the net. That is one. That is like. That is very similar to the Gordy Howe, um, Deke, and, and the Ovechkin slap shot from the wing. It list goes on and on. That's it right there. Because when McKinnon is coming full speed. That should that if it wasn't for Anthony Edwards dunk, that would have been my play of the week easily. Yeah, it's, but McKinnon off the wing because most players just send those pucks in shots like that just for rebounds to get another possession. McKinnon when he does that, he is going to put that on net and get a good shot get going in. He went high shoulder opposite corner on Flurry, a Hall of Fame goalie on Mark Andre Flurry, and he was he wasn't he was crashing, but it was like still mid circle where he shot it from. Mm-hmm. And you also get Alex Petrangelo. As soon as you pick up speed, you get him mic'd up. Go, oh boy, oh boy, yeah, oh boy. <laughs> that, that was as perfect. As and you he could he could only say oh boy because then McKinnon was already past him. Like oh, he passed him, uh, ripping it back in that and celebrating. I remember that Calgary goal in the playoffs too, where he did the exact same thing. It was Vancouver. Came, or, no, 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 it was Calgary because he did it against Vancouver then yeah, too. Yeah, in the playoffs two years ago when he came along the left side and hit. I think it was overtime game one or two. That's why I remember it. Off the left side, hit at the back of that, and he pumped his fist in the back and jumped off the glass in Calgary. And that was I remember that being the nail in the coffin for the Flames. Yeah, he's also done the same. He did it against the Canucks too in overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so we got both say, the, we got both the bleacher connection guys there. We, McKinnon a game winner against each of you guys. Um, I like it. My player of the week also an Avalanche, and it's not a guy that's not the stat lead, stat leader of the team. But I think I said it. I tweeted it out from our account. We're a Ryan Graves stand podcast right now because he had two of the biggest blocks in that five on three situation. A huge penalty kill. If they score in that five on three, we saw what happened when they when they had that in the playoffs last year. You score in a and the five on three, it comes back to five on four. Very difficult to say that they're not going to score again. So again yeah. It could have changed the entire momentum of that game. The Avalanche didn't trail in that game on on Saturday night. They lost 
on the night they were recording this and they never were out in front. They didn't trail on Saturday night, and that's a damn good Vegas team that they did that to. Ryan Graves, if he's not on the ice, I think that game goes completely and, differently. And pre, and pre, or in the offseason, we were like, damn, I don't know about this Zadorov trade. Because we were like, we don't know how solid it's going to look. We lose a big piece. Lost a lot of size. Lost a lot of size. But Ryan Graves is feeling right in nicely. He's he's a big man. He has been physical. He is exactly what the Avalanche needed when they when we traded Zadorov away. We got an even better wing in Saad, who's played pretty well. Now Ryan Graves is forming into a solid defender, who's a big human being that can be that anchor. Mm-hmm. He's gonna. He's been filling in for EJ and and him and Gerard on the on the blue line and everybody. That line that he comes in on is still in the penalty kill. He's he's always on the penalty kill line. It's it's incredible what he's been able to do. So Ryan Graves is my player of the week. And that's going to be it for episode 29 of the Far End of the been, Bench. It's been an eventful one. It's I been, almost died. Yeah. I, I mistaked Real Madrid for uh, Juventus. Like I, I am I am all over the board. You keep, it's been a you fun keep bringing up soccer like I'm going to be able to respond. Hey, you, hey, you I, had golf in your beats of the week. I, yeah, because I know that you can talk about golf. I got nothing nothing for <laughs> soccer at all. I don't even like I said I couldn't even correct you, uh, but we had a ton of great conversation in this there, one. Be sure a lot to... of, there are a lot of great stuff in the episode. Like I said, we talked about the the um, outdoor game, we talked NBA, NCAA wrestling, and basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, it's almost March, and boy, is March going to be a fun month. Definitely. So, be sure to go back and listen to our past episodes. They're all there. Listen to the Louis interview again. Listen to the Birdman interview again. Subscribe. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and all of your major podcasting platforms. If we start getting reviews, we'll read them on the air, give you guys a shout-out. Follow us on social media at Pod because, like we said, we're going to be putting out a poll on whether or not you want our bracket challenge to be on the ESPN app or the March Watch Madness nice app. app. And then we'll also be probably putting out a poll if you want bonus points for upsets or if we just want to go straight up because I know some people like doing it that way. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching the clips. Uh, check out the full audio episode. Every single week, we'll be posting clips Thursday, Saturday. We have a couple bonus ones. This is the week that the ColorCast highlights finally come out, and I made a pretty... I think you're going to be happy with the basketball video, the way that it turned out. I don't know if out. I'm going to be happy with it. Well, I'm going to be like, wow, this is some terrible basketball. It's going to be a, it's going to be a hyped comedy. up it's and comedy, one mixtape yeah. to bad basketball. But I, I found some pretty cool non-copyrighted rap music to put over the top yeah, of who, it. Who mixtape? Here we come. Yeah. Jimmy, you need a new editor? Jimmy's, for, Jimmy's the guy for you. I wouldn't say that, but I, I will be able – I can put together low-level low highlight mixtapes. But be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn on the notifications. Thursdays, Saturdays, Mondays for Center of Attention, all that great content stuff. For the network, we're every Wednesday, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Unhinged Sports Network, unhingedsn.airtime.pro, is when you can check out our, the premiere of our episodes live, and then they're available on demand immediately following. Uh, and I think, oh no, follow the network on Twitter, at Network Unhinged, Instagram, UnhingedSN, also unhingedsn.com, just the regular old website. We're posting new blogs. Nico and I both had a blog come out Monday. And we're going to be continuing to write for that platform. Yeah, I mean, so. we had I had a blog last week about the new wave of big man between Jokic, Kath, and Embiid. I had a great one last or this this uh, this past Monday come out. Uh, we talked about the PLL. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but Chris Chris Hogan entering the Premier Lacrosse League and how the sport of lacrosse is growing. Um, that's it's a, it's something that hits home for me. Jimmy with wrestling is me with lacrosse. Basically, we both don't know a whole lot about the other one, but. 
I appreciate wrestling. Like I know Jimmy appreciates lacrosse because we did throw his little brother into a goal at one point <laughs> way back when. But, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Jimmy has a lot of great blogs coming out. Don't forget also, if you're interested in T-shirts, we still have some left. Um, it, it, message us on Instagram, Twitter, or text either Jimmy or myself if you mm-hmm. have one of the numbers because um, we're, we're still going to be selling those. $12 for a T-shirt, $15 for a sticker and T-shirt. If you just want a sticker, it's just three. There you go. So with that, for myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryant, this has been The Far End of the Bench, episode 29. We will see you guys next week. Peace! When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar bill, people. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices, I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Now the physical to me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. I got the I call the shooters, they all